Well, hello and welcome to episode number 416 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I am Carlos, and in this week's show, we find out why the A350-1000 is tiny, one Spanish airline goes big, and one driver tries to escape some parking fines. In the military this week, Armando brings us all the latest news from across the globe. And joining me back, well, back where he belongs <laughs> after having last week off, is, of course, that's me. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> Do you know what? I love the theme too, Matt, but that's... that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Oh, I, I mean, I can, go, I can go away and leave you in the studio again if you like. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. What, do you know what? Did, did you actually? Did you see the the uh, the after we after we finished the show no, last? No, week, I didn't. I but said. I have to say that producer John did share it with me. So I yeah, honestly, yeah. I I said I said to everyone who was watching, I said honestly, you you seriously seriously have to see the amount of effort and work that Matt puts in when he's there and it's still because it's it's not just a case of pushing up sliders and twiddling knobs and and doing this well no that is, no that's exactly what it is Matt <laughs> Matt Matt is the multitask king you are the multitask king um I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far I just practice mate it's like anything it's practice makes perfect uh, so I think what we've learned from that is that I need to have several more weeks off uh, and you need and you need to sort of you know get your hands you know get your hands to get you around it and I'm pretty oh. sure that producer John will agree with me on that one so you're out oh. like that <laughs> It's just, it's just the whole, you know, when, yeah. you know when you when you're switching cameras between the guests, yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, the, and yeah. then, but then while you're doing that, you're also making sure the audio levels are, are where they're supposed to be. Yes, it's all right. And obviously We're, making sure that yeah. you're, you're putting the right yeah. picture on. Yeah, and yeah, uh, right, I'm just, yeah. just going to put it out there that, that you know, but don't worry, Carlos, we fixed it in post last week. That's all I'll say uh, on that one. <laughs> actually, Alan Alan White says it quite right in the chat room, says that a big bump in salary is needed for Absolutely, yes. yes. I think we should double Very my zero so. salary immediately, don't you? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And remember, yeah. guys, the yeah. Patreon links are on the website. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It is is not the easiest job in the world. Do you know what? Actually, I will say, I'll go as far as I say, that flying a bloody plane is easier... easier than driving that studio mm, I, i'm gonna disagree yes. with you very strongly no. on that one no um, no and also can, can i just put this out there As you had somebody else pressing the buttons with you last week and i and i pointed that <laughs> and i very rightly pointed that out at the end of last yeah. week's show that john was doing pretty much 95 percent <laughs> of all the button pushing and you just given up is that what is that what it was? you just decided uh, i'm out enough is enough i'm done <laughs> I love it. I can see John's little smiling face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grin, yeah grinning honestly. from ear to ear. That's yeah, anyway. That is, that is actually genuinely. That's one thing we need to put to, to put right here because I can't actually see you. Go- All I can see is the output here in the studio. Ironically, I can't monitor uh, stuff like that. So that do, so, do you need so, another monitor? Yeah, I do. I'm going to add another screen if that's okay, please, Carlos. Uh, okay, I'll, 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 I'll get yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, apparently we we have a plan about that. Is that is that the one you and I talked about, John, or is it anyway? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's word yeah, yeah. right <laughs> carlos has glazed over anyway <laughs> swiftly moving on before oh. matt boils in the studio um because it is cooler in there than it was last week i'll just say uh um, it's, it's 26 degrees now 26 degrees it's going up <laughs> uh this week we have uh, no mr bands with us mr bands has been given uh, leave he's on holiday this week with mrs nev uh, they are sunning themselves uh, in uh, well in in the caribbean somewhere i think aren't they 
I think it was Canada. going. Um, obviously, flew out in his private jet uh, last week. Um, or was it? No, no. Hold on, it wasn't. It was a BA flight minus his bags. But anyway, I'm sure Nev will give you more info <laughs> on that next yeah. week. More details to come on that. More one, details to yeah, come on that absolutely. one. And also, not joining us this week at last notice or last minute notice, uh, Armando unfortunately has had to uh, go and do some of that old-fashioned flying stuff. So uh, Armando won't be with us this evening either. So it's old school times again. He is on tape though. He is on. Tape. He's on. He's on yeah, tapes. Yeah. He's on. He's on the tape box. So don't worry. Matt's got the VHS is loaded in. Yeah, uh, ready absolutely. to press play. Yeah, on, another so. box in the studio to make that happen. Oh know. yes, <laughs> we'll get we'll get you a Betamax player Love for next week. Yeah. As well. oh, please. That's much better quality. Let's go with that. Yeah. (laughs) So we are going to say a big hello to uh, everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat. Let's have a look who's in there with us this week, Matt. We've got Richard Adams. Hello to you, Richard. Mazus Karim. Hello to you, Mazus. Alan White. Pilot Logan Lynch. Hello. GB's Model Zone. Uh, Our main man, Micah. He's in there wielding that blue spanner of doom. Uh, We have got Alan White. Let me just go through. Dirk S. Hello to you. Arnie Carlson, hello to you, Arnie. Nice to see you in there this evening. Uh, Sturman, hello to you, Sturman. Good to see you in there as well. Haven't seen you for ages. And uh, Captain Ridiculous Wits, always good to see the old <laughs> Captain in there every week, uh, keep, keeping in, keeping the uh, chat room entertained. Uh, so don't forget, if you are listening to uh, mine and Matt's glorious uh, voices through the realms of an audio podcast, and uh, you fancy seeing what all the fun is uh, on the visual podcast, uh, take yourselves over to YouTube check us out plain talking uk uh, on there don't forget to hit that subscribe button when you find us and also the bell icon to be notified when we are live and streaming in glorious hd as we are right now on youtube because we'd love to hear you and see you in the chat room and miles high hello to you miles high just joined us in there as well hello to you as well uh, so uh, anyway quick uh, quick one before we go how's your week been matt uh, yeah, it's been all right, mate. Actually, it's been quite busy, quite busy. Um, so sort of lots of lots of uh, changes uh, in my my life outside of the podcast, as you well know. Uh, so that's been a little bit challenging, but that's all right. We're get we're we're rapidly learning the new technology at Warp Factor Nine. Um, you know, haven't fallen off air yet this week. That's a win. Uh, oh, actually, no, we fell off air the once, but we'll gloss over that and move on. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been busy, busy, busy. Uh, you had a you had a very early start this morning morning oh yes i i've currently a bit a bit awake since 3 a.m this morning i i got that's to, not put, strictly true is it because somebody went and had a little nap didn't they no that didn't happen oh didn't it oh dear. thanks to our lovely neighbors yeah. who uh were yeah. keeping me awake with their ball and yeah. john was was um nodding me as well so oh, was he oh right all. okay all oh, right didn't have any naps <laughs> at all so I, I i woke up at quarter to three this morning <laughs> Quarter to three this morning, and uh, yeah, quarter to three this morning. Left the house at three a.m. I drove oh. five hundred miles round trip and oh. uh, to the north of the UK, and I'm back home. Honestly, I do wish one of these days that we could share the talk back with you guys. Because honestly, somebody's just literally been told off for not doing their homework, which I'm finding very amusing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'll okay. find time with my four jobs oh all right don't 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 start play i could don't start play 
<laughs> don't start don't start playing perhaps, the card perhaps, of the <laughs> Perhaps I should have perhaps I should have done my research whilst I had the cruise control on on the M6 on, oh, that's, on this no, no is the answer to that. No, absolutely. Anyway, should we should we do some stories? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we better move on. We've got loads to get through this week, loads of news stories, even though there is only near Matt, but we've got some loads, loads of brilliant news stories and we've got a caption this, which is quite a comical caption this for this week. So loads of interest in that. But uh so, I was going to say, is all the team ready? But, uh, Matt, are you ready? Yeah, I am. Go on then. Let's go. Captain, let's turn on the seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts. this week's first story it's all about size does size really matter well it does to uh, one certain airline and one certain uh, airline operator honestly matt your mind it's, it's, it's uh, been a long week that's all it's I'm been saying. A, i know you li- you listen to the breakfast show far too much on park anyway the a350-1000 is too small top airbus range emirates chief says so emirates airline president tim clark has again expressed concern about how airlines will cope with rising demand in the future without recourse to the new A350 size jets, warning that ticket prices could eventually rise as a consequence of fewer seats being available into slot-constrained airports. Speaking during IATA annual general meetings, Clark acknowledged that Airbus have a great uh, stock of aeroplanes, but said the range-topping A350-1000 is too small. Oh. Airbus CEO Guillem Yuri sees the development of a new, very large wide body to replace the A350 as very unlikely, owing to the high price of fuel and airline requirements for the utmost efficiency. He says that I do not challenge this argument for the need for a new plane with a very big capacity, he said, but we see the need for very fuel efficient aircraft even more important than before, Fury said. In that respect, he said the best response we can give for the moment is a twin engine aircraft such as the A350 1000, because that is the most efficient answer that we can give, he said. So, the story is all about the A350-1000 not being big enough for Emirates. And obviously, this boils down to the fact that Emirates is it's the biggest operator of the A350. And if you do take the is A350 Emirates? out of it, Emirates is the largest uh, operator of the A350, uh, A380, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and if you take the A380 out of the equation, um, you know, you, you are left with the A350-1000 and obviously the 777X um, and they're dash eights or dash nines right. of that kind of size. And what the, the, the big thing is, obviously, with the 380 having four engines, it obviously burns more fuel, eats more fuel, costs a lot more to run. But you can get more people, well, nearly as many people, you get more slightly more people on them with the, than the A350-1000. Mm. The only issue being, obviously, is is that um, with that um, uh, the A350, it obviously... With the two engines and obviously more fuel efficient engines, it burns uh, a lot less fuel and is cheaper to uh, to run. But, but 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 is the issue for um, for Emirates in this case actually more? Uh, it's more about bums on seats and like volume. Is it, is, is it almost like they almost don't care about you know the the fuel costs and stuff? I mean, they must do. But you know what I mean? It's like for them to c- come back and say. Um, 
you know, it's 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 not big enough. It's basically too small. I mean, yeah. I think the question is, how big can you build a commercial jet airliner with two engines only? I mean, what is the what what would be the largest? That's the question that we need to ask the airline manufacturers: is yeah. how big how big can you go and just use two engines? Albeit fuel efficient engines. If you look at the uh, the stats, the A three hundred and fifty one thousand seats between three hundred and fifty to four hundred and ten passengers, depending on seating. Right. Uh, how the airlines how the how the airlines configure it depends on how many they can squeeze on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Airbus are obviously already have the Dash one thousand flying, um, but the nine hundred, the Dash nine hundred version, which is slightly smaller, um, has uh, orders of seven hundred and forty seven, whereas the Dash one thousand only has orders of 153 so it's quite a big difference there between the two models yeah now if we look at if we look at the boeing uh boeing have on paper not actually um in production yet got the boeing 777-10x now if boeing does produce this aircraft which they can do they've already said that they can yeah. they can produce this aircraft that will be a 450 seat aircraft so that obviously then beats the uh, A350-1000 on maximum capacity. Uh, but the only thing is, obviously, uh, is that uh, Boeing, you know, they, they've said this, but will Boeing actually ever build this aircraft, the Dash, you know, the, um, the uh, Dash 10X? Who knows? I mean, again, the, <clears throat> the, the unusual thing here, I suppose, is that uh, their um, Emirates are, are sort of happy with both Boeings and... Um, the the uh the airbus a a380 aren't they i mean it's like so they, they do have um a, you know a, a precedent if you like for running two different aircraft over just like one type i mean I'm, although perhaps i'm wrong maybe maybe ryanair is actually the anomaly here where essentially virtually all of their commercial planes are one particular type aren't they because they're all like the 737 or variants thereof there's one one thing I, I would I'd love to see them do, which they've never done. They've talked about it, but they've never done. You know how they, you know how with the uh, the A320s they done the the CEO, which is a current engine option, and obviously the A320 Neo is the new engine option has a lot more fuel efficient, um, leaner burning engines on the the CEO. It would be interesting to see if anyone ever does spike or spark up again the idea of re-engining the A380. Um, with more fuel-efficient engines, so it, it would cost less to run. Whether anyone would do that, could, that would be quite good. Could you do? Could you do it where it was uh, essentially only uh, you know you could have an A three eighty but with two engines? That's the ultimate thing there. At, 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 Alan White's got an idea. Um, for I like Alan. I like Alan White. He's my best friend. Right. Okay. Anyway, he saw an article, <laughs> he saw an article this week where they compared the tri. Oh, for goodness' sake! Uh, the TriStar to the A380. Airlines wanted more efficiency than the four-engine 707. So a three-engined L1011. Uh, yeah, that's true. Was, that's that's uh, right. Was a winner. So, but would, I don't know. Would they get enough um, savings uh, by doing that just to literally swap it out for you know three engines instead of four? Would that you know? I would love to see a, a tri. I mean, they can definitely they can definitely fly with like you know three engines. What's uh, I'm gonna uh, producer John may well know the answer to this one on the A380. What's the minimum amount of engines it can fly on? Well, two. It is two. Yeah, it'll fly on two. You could fly on one. <laughs> yeah, you wow. could fly on one, but not for very long. No, okay. Uh, yeah. He would have to find yeah. an air. He'd have to find an airfield fairly but, quickly. But again, this is. 
and it depends on which yeah. engine it is too, I suppose. But also, also, um, I, I mean, from from a, the naivety of, of my my point of view, if you see what I mean, is like how many how many engines would you require to get off the ground? Would would you be able to do it with two or three? Yeah, that, that yeah. all boils down to capacity. Again, you know, if you're if you're going to build a bigger aircraft that's yeah. powered by t- just two engines, you need to have two really good engines to power that aircraft. Yeah. So. Oh, exactly. We yes, like John just said, we have yeah. the Beluga and the Dreamlifter. Convert those into passenger aircraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all, albeit that the I think it's both of the Beluga and the Dreamlifter haven't got pressurized um, uh, main cabin. I areas, mean, so that could be a potential. Which issue. Might be a potential might be a slight issue, issue. Uh, with um, passengers but, complaining. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, not on, for very long. No, would Mark on the WhatsApp number, by the way, is saying Carlos the the TriStar should be brought back. He's saying there you go. That's Mark on the WhatsApp. Yes, I absolutely agree with you 100% uh, of, with that comment. Uh, right. That's just one okay. of the models uh, I have here. Sorry, pop that back up, John. Uh, the, the Dirk was saying oh. that so the, the, uh, the A360, um, what was it? Sorry, so a three-engine A360 is next, is what Dirk reckons. <laughs> the A360 has a, has a slightly has a ring to interesting it, ring to it. it. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, Matt... You've yes. got the uh, next story, and uh, someone's been helping out Ryanair. Yes, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this story, but I, I'll just cover some some details and stuff, and, and talk to you about it if I may. Ryanair boss. Uh, Michael O'Leary supported staff in the trenches at Dublin Airport over the weekend <laughs> by helping out at boarding gates and security um. checkpoints. Social media users posted pictures of the airline CEO assisting passengers on another busy day at Terminal 1 on Saturday. Last month, Dublin Airport Authority, the DAA, was forced to apologise after thousands of customers queued for hours outside the terminal building, with many passengers ultimately missing their flight. Following the scandal, the DAA announced it would reassign additional staff from a wide range of departments to security checkpoints while recruitment issues. Now, of course, we've seen all of the pictures, haven't we? We've seen all the pictures of uh, uh, people queuing, like going all the way around the outside of, of, of these various airports. And it's not just in Dublin, is it, to be fair? I mean, we saw scenes uh, very, uh, we saw scenes uh, very similar to this, uh, obviously, in places like Manchester. Um, I think uh, Luton had a similar problem as well, didn't it, where it got sort of queues literally going round the block. So, you know, it, it's fair to say uh, that Dublin isn't alone in uh, this one now um, one of the things that is a quite a scary statistic so I say for the purposes of this story I'm, I'm picking on uh, you know uh, Dublin for this but uh, sorry uh, I don't actually know this is uh, I may have made a small mistake here oh it is, it is Dublin. Dublin sorry it is yes, Dublin, it is Dublin. Yeah. yeah yeah uh, so basically in May uh, so we're looking at the month of May over 1500 passengers missed their flights due to the delays Ow. caused uh, by trying to get through security it's uh Story one, episode four one four. Um, we covered this in great detail. Uh, if you want to go back and take a look at that, um, now <laughs> to uh, we'll stick with the, the first bit uh, there. I, I, part of me is a little bit worried that actually O'Leary won't have been helping very much in terms of uh, going through security and that. But it, this just smacks of a publicity stunt to me personally. Um, and <laughs> surely, surely them having because they, they were going to at least have to be showing him the ropes, won't they? 
Anyway, Alan, Alan White's got the answer there oh, for you, Matt, in the chat on. room. What's that? Yes. What? Yes. He, he was there for a two. <laughs> he was there for a two-minute photo shoot. Oh, do you reckon? Oh, do you reckon what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Just a two-minute photo shoot. Then he was gone again. Yeah. He says also says that the CEO of another airline, uh, Emerald Airlines, uh, Connor McCarthy, uh, he was working in the baggage hall, um, which is interesting. So, well, do you remember we had we had that story is a week or the week last week or the week before where the, uh, the oh, it was last week wasn't it? we had the where the pilots were um, were you know loading and unloading yes their, loading their the baggage aircraft. weren't they getting yeah. into the into the uh, into the aircraft? But um, I mean, it's, it's great PR if you are the is, CEO yeah. of, a, of a large. European airline to be seen yeah. helping out and stuff. I so, I mean, my my, my my argument is obviously if they're showing the ropes and stuff like that. Ironically, it was probably slowing down uh, the 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 experienced security staff. But yeah. uh, I'm sure he was doing. I'm sure he's doing everything he could. But um, John, uh, John is saying that they're redirecting people from all different departments uh, to try and help with this particular uh, crisis. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, so he, some of the pictures you know I saw on 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 social media on Twitter and that I've seen over the last few weeks of what's been going on in the, in the re, well not just the regional airports in the UK yeah. but but um, pretty much everywhere is shock. Honestly, I as much as I would love to go on holiday this year, I'm yeah. glad that we aren't going on holiday this yeah. year because the chaos is just not worth. Well, the, you um, you had a little um, you had, had a little sort of um, stay down in Devon, didn't you? Actually, and sort of like yeah. beautiful rural cottage and yes, and all that kind of thing. Literally rural. He couldn't get any signal. He couldn't was very distressed. Signal, no. He was very distressed not being able to do his usual <laughs> things. Uh, it has to be said. But uh, going back to the, this story, sort of moving on slightly from that, and um, I, I don't feel uh, really that so Transport Secretary Grant. Shaps is accusing the airlines of seriously overselling flights whilst the airlines are slating the government for a lack of support, financial and information, uh, as as in terms of poor communications during the whole uh, COVID situation. And uh, Willie Walsh, who is the, uh, as we all know, is the boss of the of IATA branding. Uh, he was basically branding all politicians idiots, um, which is... It's just like, okay, I, I, I don't know. But I mean, my, my point here is, is like, is, is this really helping though? I mean, it's just like uh, enough of all of this, like busy blaming each other in terms of, uh, you know, whose fault it is. Can't we just all knuckle down and like, okay, this thing has happened. Let's get it sorted. We need to get everybody. It, yeah. Sorry. There needs, there needs to be. Well, we all know what's wrong with we, we. Everyone knows what's wrong with the with the current aviation industry in this in this country. You know, we we're not silly. We we kind of know what's going on, and I think things definitely need to. And the the problem is, is that you know we were all you know starting to come out of the um, the COVID thing, and things are starting is starting to go back to normal again, if you can say that and normal. Mm. And and then this happened. You know, the the. Um, the strikes now are, are going to kick in yes. through the summertime yeah, period. Indeed. So just so just as everything is getting trying to get back to normal within the UK, then they're going to be hit with the strikes, which is going to totally destroy the summer season. Yeah, for this indeed. Year well, we'll, we'll come to, we'll come back to the strikes actually later on yeah. in in the show here. But it's a so, funny old. Country, it is a funny old thing. Uh, so, one, one thing is worth mentioning though is it doesn't look like the cancellations will be stopping anytime soon. With industry experts claiming that the summer calendar could well see between 5 and 10% of their flights cut uh, like at short notice. And I know EasyJet are trying to sort of um, 
because they've been criticised quite heavily, haven't they, over the fact mm. that all of these airlines have been, uh, sorry, or they have been cutting flights at short notice. So people, you know, and they're not doing it until they get, till passengers get to the airport, which I think is outrageous, really. Um, so they are trying to sort of like look at the schedules uh, in, in terms of trying to make that uh, less of an issue. But for all their many bad points, and I think we've covered this in, in previous weeks, Ryanair seemed to be affected least uh, by the current chaos um, but again we'll come back to that um, later on in the in the show because um, yeah it's um, they're not they're not cancelling as I say they're not cancelling anywhere near as many flights I think there have been cancellations but nowhere near in the volume I think uh, we I think so. we can just hope that hope that next year beginning of next year things will start yeah. to get back to normal again we, we live in hope we yes, do. Indeed. So next up is uh, Armando, and uh, Armando has uh, very kindly sent us in uh, a video for this next story. And uh, this week he's talking all about landmark changes that are happening here in the UK. Hey guys, there are some landmark changes allowing UK pilots and air traffic controllers living with HIV to now work unrestricted. In this world's first, the CAA's new set of measures means that there's now a much clearer way for people with HIV to obtain an unrestricted class one medical medical certification in the UK, which is required to work as a commercial pilot. This new guidance will also change the class three medical certificate, which allows applicants to work as air traffic control officers. Additionally, pilots and air traffic controllers who have not revealed an HIV positive diagnosis will now be granted a six month amnesty period to change their medical records by coming forward to the CAA in total confidence. From today, they can now get in touch with their regulator to correct their their record in total confidence and discretion without having to notify any employer. Now, as recently as 2017, both the CAA and EASA have prohibited people living with HIV from training to be pilots, deeming that those individuals would be much more likely to become unwell during a flight. Now, I have a couple different Uh, I guess, ideas on this one. There are many things that us aviators tend to hold back from our medical examiners. In fact, it's common practice to uh, separate your general practitioner, your family doctor from your medical examiner like that. When you have valid and genuine medical concerns, you can talk about them with your family doctor without potentially losing your job because of of having to rely on on a special issuance medical exam. Now, I remember a couple months ago listening to Aviate with Shasta, and on her podcast, she had a guest that was reminding everybody that was listening that this is the only industry that we, you know, that kind of comes to mind where every six months somebody is trying to take your job, whether that's on a check ride or having to do an FAA first class medical or whatever your country's medical requirements are. Now, this is important, um, an important step forward, I think, for you know folks that have lived with HIV and maybe even hidden it, but maybe maybe not even hiding it from their employers. Just you know, as we progress with technology and medical science, um, we know we've proven that that this is one of those. Uh, illnesses that can be contained and and dealt with and and lived with on a day-to-day basis and that it certainly doesn't detract from a person's ability to do their job. 
absolutely. I mean, and I couldn't agree more really with that one. Uh, I mean, th- I mean, there was a time, obviously, where it, um, you know, HIV, HIV was literally a death sentence, wasn't it? I mean, if mm. once you had it, that would that was the end of it. So I can things, understand. Things have progressed a lot. Well, yeah, and this, 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 this. I think this is the point where Armando is going with this, isn't it? It's like essentially, um, it's almost like the the aviation industry is a little bit behind the times because now it can be managed and and there isn't that risk of you being taken ill suddenly uh at short notice and uh, you know i mean fatigue was a big thing um when it you know when when it existed so um yeah i think i think this is great news i really do yeah it's it's good to see a chart you know it's taken a long while like you say Mm -hmm. man but it's nice to see things are starting to change now with this and and a lot of other things within the industry i think now are going to start to to change um especially with, with with what's going on at the minute, but not just that. But yeah. obviously with this, it, it just means a hell of a lot to, to people to try and, you know, who want to progress within the industry itself. So, yeah, indeed. Good, good. And I can, and I, again, I can understand the nervousness almost because, you know, air, well, I suppose it's no different to being a pilot, is it? But, I mean, mm. air traffic control is not something that everybody can do, is it? I mean, it's a, a very specialist skill that requires your oh, yes. ability to, you know, to sort of process information very differently. I mean, not unlike a pilot, uh, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. 100%, 100%. So we'll go on to the next story. And uh, this one that comes to us from various sources, including flyingmag.com and the bbc.co.uk. And uh, Spanish airline reserves 10 airlander airships from Bedford based firm. Now, remember a while back, we've, we've talked about these a few times on the show. And uh, these, these airlander airships, which uh, we were referred to as the flying um, blimp. <laughs> oh yes I yes see. john oh, right. yeah. yes <laughs> oh, john, john said that yes. right it's the, the flying, flying bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, flying yes bum. we'll go with yes that. yeah absolutely and uh, the company behind the airlander airships has said it has received its first commercial order from an airline oh group. my goodness the european airline regional or european regional airline air nostrum group recently placed 10 preliminary orders they are preliminary uh, for a massive hybrid airship called airlander 10 currently under development by uk-based hybrid air vehicles hav uh, the aircraft which will measure more than 300 feet long is expected to enter its production phase later this year in south yorkshire england lovely part of the country there uh, the Spanish airline group Air Nostrum, a Spanish-based airline group, currently operates um, airlines including Iberia Regional using a fleet of Bombardier CRJ-1000s, CRJ-900s and CRJ-200 regional jets, as well as ATR-72 turboprops. Now, I had a little look into these airships uh, for this story yesterday. And um, looking into, to, I mean, that they're a good idea, a great idea. Um, is this the one that we that we saw uh, that crash. was being tested round here wasn't it it was actually it was it uh, i want to say cambridge or somewhere like that where they were testing the uh, yeah it, well it's one that flew into a hedge anyway we, yes we i think yeah a few yeah, years yeah. back but yeah. it was here in the east of england <laughs> that it was being tested wasn't it if i if i seem to because it made like look east and stuff didn't it when yeah it all went horribly wrong yeah <laughs> so i'll i'll get to i'll get to the power plants in just a second but um john's put a little bit of info in here 
um, on the show notes for, for this particular thing. So we've got the airlander, we've got a car, we've got an aircraft, and we've got a train, okay? So we're all traveling in and around the 200 kilometers distance, as we can see on the charts there. Uh, so the airlander, we're seeing, if you compare that to an aircraft, the airlander is four hours, 12 minutes, the aircraft being three hours and six minutes. And the CO2, the amount of CO2 produced is obviously according to this chart, a lot less than the airliner um, and a lot less than the car as well, actually. Uh, but with a car, it takes two hours. So according to this, a car will take less time to uh, to travel 200 or over 200 kilometers, which is interesting, I will say. Uh, train being five hours and nine minutes long. This is uh, based on a travel from Seattle City Centre to Vancouver City Centre. So it's, yeah. The distance is uh, is on there. You can see for those of you watching on YouTube, is just over two hundred uh, kilometers in uh, distance. But it's safe to say, I, I know Matt, you've got the you've got the show notes in front of you there. But I've done a, I've done a little bit of research on what powers these airlanders tens, right? And I, I was quite shocked actually because I I always thought these airlander tens were going to be or were supposed to be these uh, amazing green. Um, your vehicles for traveling around the, oh, right. uh, the countryside and stuff, you know, with birds and bees flying around, all very green. But uh, the Airlander 10, believe it or not, is powered by four, not, not one or two or three, but four, four litre V8 turbocharged <laughs> diesel engines. Now, right. the last time I was near to a four litre V8 turbocharged diesel engine, I have to say it. Apart from sounding really nice, oh, well, yes, yeah. Um, the the contents of what was coming out of the exhaust were not all that uh, nice to breathe in. No, so, and it's this uh, the Airlander Ten is powered by four of these four four liter V eight turbocharged diesel engines. Right. Okay. I mean, I think I think uh, you know uh, a V eight would sound a lot nicer if it was uh, a petrol version. I have to be honest, because uh, <laughs> however you dress it up, a diesel is always going to sound like a tractor. There's no two ways of and a bit more smoky, and a little bit more. Smoky but I mean, I mean, you, you used to so drive the coach yourself, diesel, Matt. You know, your yeah. coach itself. Your coach was probably powered by well, at least a four, five litre engine. No, a, no, the one I had was an 11 litre one. Oh, okay, 11. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. 11 and a half litres of, of, of uh, DAF gur. <laughs> but but uh, I'd imagine yeah. it, it, it puffed out a little bit of um, sort of black stuff when you put your foot down. Um, no, no, it would, no, it was, uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, I'd, It'd be interesting to see because the CO two levels they've got on this chart here, it it, it does say that the the um, Airlander ten is producing you know a fraction of what these other vehicles do in terms of CO two. Indeed, indeed. Sorry, just having a minor technical issue here in the studio. Just bear with me. Okay, carry uh, on. yeah, do carry on. You know, ca- carry on talking amongst yourselves. Um, but uh, in fact, actually, I think uh, just have a look in the group chat there. Because oh yes, but John, John, John does make yeah. John does make a good point. Obviously, the car uh, doesn't t- carry a hundred passengers, which is true. It is very uh, true. Yeah, it is very true. Yeah, but um, I, I do think the diesel engine is an odd choice, though. If I'm honest, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is an well, odd choice for that because they are they are by definition very they are by de- very, by definition very smoky. I mean that's the 
that's the whole problem with them, isn't it? Is that they're they're su- they're super smoky. Although I will say that uh, you obviously we we've got this thing in the in the UK called the uh, ULEZ, which Matt will know all too well about. And in the UK, we have to pay uh, if your if your vehicle is a bit um, whiffy uh, from the exhaust, you have to pay a certain fee to be able to um, to use your vehicle in 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 London. Um, have diesel or petrol engine um but but our our newer trucks that we've got on our fleet we don't have to pay because they are ulez compliant Compliant. vehicles oh wow okay yeah so they they produce nothing but flowers and and uh, petals from the exhaust is that that right yes i i suppose that's the thing with all the um uh with uh um like the hydrogen uh stuff and that because literally all that comes out of the exhaust is glorified mm. water isn't it so i wonder whether that's whether that's what they've done with these engines because as john has rightly said these produce um on a four-hour flight produce 4.61 kilograms of co2 per passenger that is what they base it on per passenger so whether whether they have managed to um kind of perfect these engines to be as clean and green as some of our vehicles here you know lorry vehicles in the uk yeah um, indeed yes interesting i'll be interested to see when these do actually come on board because obviously this is this is a, a preliminary order it's not kind of set in stone i mean i don't think you'd use it in a hurry to get anywhere do you know what i mean but it, might, it might, <laughs> no. be a, might be a fun thing to sort of um you know sort of like you know sedately a bit like oh, hot, air, hot air ballooning you know? apparently according in the chat room mr lanwan is saying that his 16 year old two liter saab yeah. is ulez compliant how is that possible how is that uh, possible? <laughs> my goodness me i'm very jealous about that because my, my my little my little c-max uh, with its 1.6 diesel engine, despite having a um, one of those diesel particulate filters, is not. <laughs> and every time How I bizarre. go into London it, London, it costs me a blooming fortune. <laughs> it's like, and if I take a wrong turning when I'm near Heathrow, like it did last time, uh, coming out, it ends up costing me 16 quid. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, anyway. it's interesting. It's yeah. it, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep watching this story for the future and see what uh, goes on. Indeed. So, Matt, okay. you have got uh, the next story. And I have. It comes to us from Ryanair again. Indeed, enough. yeah. So we're going a little bit back to what we were talking about. I like this. Ago. The words Ryanair and rescue flights. Yes, yes, yes. Although not perhaps in the, ta- in the style to which you were thinking slash hoping for, if <laughs> I'm honest. Uh, so Ryanair has launched a missioned, a petrol thirsty UK podcast. Thanks, Turk. Much appreciated. Uh, it's, uh, Ryanair has launched a mission to rescue passengers whose flights have been cancelled by other airlines. The low cost rescue flights were bookable at rescue prices until June the 23rd in a brazen power play to cash in on the woes of its brittles. The Irish budget carrier uh, announced the launch of 200 rescue flights from 19 of its UK airports to Europe to facilitate the UK families whose flights were cancelled by BA, EasyJet and TUI. Uh, The airline has cancelled relatively few flights and even added 1,000 extra flights to its roster for July and August. However, Ryanair passengers may yet suffer disruptions if its cabin crew follow through with the threats to strike in France, Italy, Spain, Portugal and Belgium. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I've been, I, I was doing a little bit uh, of digging around this, as I say, as it's sort of <laughs> so insane. Uh, 
the thing that surprises me here really is and I don't know whether John might be able to sort of help me with some information on this one but um, they genuinely don't seem to have been affected by um, what's happening here as much as the other airlines and I don't know whether it's perhaps because they made the decision not to get rid of as much staff um, as other people uh, did. I know they've also got the advantage of the fact, I think um, the in most cases, the ground handling is also handled by a company that Ryanair owns. And I don't know whether that's got something to do with the way that... Uh, you know that they're managing to basically keep their existing flight schedule up and running and in fact actually in in this time to think that you know they've had added another thousand flights into their summer schedule in an attempt to do that i mean it really is a and i i feel for all of the the you know the the fuss that's made about ryanair i mean i do think this is you know perhaps here they've done it right do you know what i mean yeah, don't don't forget as well they've got um, new aircraft as well i think being delivered uh what are we in june no july no june we're in now aren't we yeah i'm but sure i think it's sometime just before the summer season they've got some more um max has been delivered as well indeed but uh, uh, uh alan white says terms and conditions apply one panini and a scratch card purchase is mandatory by each customer <laughs> and some perfume as well <laughs> of course yes absolutely. Uh, but uh you know is uh, th- th- this is the thing i'm sort of quite pleasantly surprised about how um they're sort of they've done here now of course they're they're not out of the woods here um as carlos mentioned earlier we you know we've got uh strikes uh you know in in the forecast if oh, you with like, BA, for yes uh well no 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 and also ryanair and ryanair yeah. strikes here so there's strikes in belgium and portugal that are expected to take place on the 24th and 26th of june in france we've got strikes taking place on the 25th and 26th and the 25th in italy spain on the 24th uh Oh, Spain's has apparently been cold, told, hot oh, off the presses. Uh, Spain's has been called off, apparently. Um, and uh, so uh, presumably that's... Is that, is that all of the dates there then, John, where the 24th, 25th, 26th, 30th and of June and the 1st and 2nd of July, those in Spain have been called off. So that's definitely good uh, news. Unions have claimed that the dispute centred on wage levels and pay for pre-takeoff and post-landing duties. A Ryanair spokesperson said last week the unions should return to the negotiating table to deliver improvements instead of disrupting passenger travel plans, uh, which is uh, quite a controversial thing to say, I think, at the moment, uh, especially given all the trouble we're having on the trains here uh, at the moment. Oh, uh, I know, absolutely. <clears throat> but oh, uh, good news. In- can I uh, interrupt you there, Matt? Oh, OK, go on. Can you uh, play the breaking news stinger? Oh, I don't have one. Or- uh- oh, um- <laughs> We'll, we'll pretend. We'll insert one in there and post. Thank you. Breaking news. This is from Sky News. A man, apparently this is, uh, this is about three minutes ago. Uh, a man has been detained at Gatwick Airport as police deal with an incident. A man has been detained at Gatwick Airport as police deal with a incident that's happened this evening. Sussex police said a cordon has been put in place at the drop-off parking area oh, for wow. the North Terminal. Uh, the force explained that the action has been taken as a precaution. That's uh, breaking news as we are live this evening. Oh, interesting. There we go. Okay. More to come on that, perhaps. Uh, uh, if, <laughs> if there's an update before the end of the show, then we'll we'll come back to that. Um, uh, but no, going back to this now, yeah, yeah. with uh, with the, what's going on, you know, with the uh, obviously the strikes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, we've got BA, uh, Ryanair, yeah. EasyJet, uh, two, uh, two. 
Tui have had, yeah, Tui have cancelled flights, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, well, so we're running, we're running out of, um, we are of running options out of here. Yeah, so, so, so th- this I thought was quite interesting. Sky News um, asked EasyJet, BA, Tui, Wizz Air and Vueling, who have been mostly reporting cancellations, when it's likely that no more cancellations were going to take place. Um, the airports were also asked the question, the same question, but they mostly said that was a question for the airlines to answer. And... Uh, Interestingly, they basically came back with no comment um, when asked. Do you know, I've, for I'm that. looking, I'm just checking the news feeds, right? I'm mm. trying to see whether Jet 2 have cancelled or cancelled. And I. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm seeing a few here. Delay, yeah. most of them are delays, but not not in any of the same you know, capacity mm. as what um, Ryanair and EasyJet have done. No, true. Um, true uh it is i mean uh, the uh going back to what i was saying the airports were asked the same question um and they said that it was a question for the airlines however um heathrow has asked airlines flying from terminals two and three to cancel 10 percent of their schedules uh i think this was on wednesday uh due to mounting problems with its baggage handling of course we've seen uh, in fact our very own nev has been caught up in things that haven't exactly gone according to plan uh, in terms of of that uh, now we were taking taking the mickey earlier obviously Ryanair to the rescue while BA EasyJet and TUI cancel thousands of flights across the UK causing travel disruption for UK families Ryanair continues to operate a pretty much full schedule uh, with over 15,000 weekly flights and today uh, they've added an extra 200 uh, sorry on Wednesday not today added an extra 200 flights uh, from 19 UK airports to help the BA EasyJet and TUI customers uh, who have been disrupted by those cancellations now interestingly a uh, easyjet is in part blaming brexit believe it or not for the current Blimey, is that still a thing <laughs> apparently so yeah absolutely uh, for the current issue citing uh, having access to a smaller pool of workers to hire which is perhaps a fair comment the government has vehemently denied that the chaos seen at uk airports in recent months has seen anything to do with the country's departure from the eu TU, TU, TUI, sorry, have focused TUI. on a TUI, yes, have focused on apologising to customers, choosing to focus on reassuring passengers that they're doing everything they can to solve the issues. Um, one thing I, I was I was intrigued about actually is um, now air traffic control are, are they in the same boat here, or have they managed to keep most of their staff? Because I mean, a lot of this is is all stemming from the fact that loads of people. I've not heard anything in that thing, wasn't it? About um, about air traffic control because I think they are um, run or they're as, as controlled by Nats. I think isn't it? Who, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, looks yeah. after all them. Yeah. I haven't seen anything yet to say whether they those guys are, are you know, having. Yeah. A, I mean, they were saying that obviously the, these issues were affecting airports and things like that, and I just wondered if you know, obviously the the tower is a very important part of that. You know, it's had an impact on baggage handling and all that kind of thing. I was just intrigued to know. <laughs> Um, if uh, hello, he's found something <laughs> funny. <laughs> Alan on. White in a chat room. Go on. Um, British Airways are blaming the Big Bang and the asteroid that wiped out <laughs> the dinosaurs for their flight delays. Yeah, I mean that's a very valid point. To be fair, it's we'll see that point. one on Twitter yeah. later, no doubt. <clears throat> Indeed. Um, we'll move next on to uh, the next story. This uh, one comes to us from Armando, and uh, Armando is. Uh, talking about this is so this is so good uh, all about uh, you the, you can build an aircraft in one week wow okay yes yeah. uh, if i'd have been more prepared that would have been a lot smoother wouldn't it uh <laughs> 
<laughs> there we go. Uh, here we go. Sorry, I've, I've got I've got some buttons. Could have done a longer segue. You could have done really? a longer segue. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, we're ready. We're ready now. Uh, Armando, take it away. Now, coming up in Oshkosh in just a few weeks, the One Week Wonder Project, a hugely popular attraction in which a complete airplane is built over just a seven-day period, is returning to EAA AirVenture in 2022. The YXB aircraft from kit plane manufacturer Sonics Aircraft will be assembled in seven days by AirVenture attendees. The One Week Project is a time-tested tradition conceived to showcase how quickly many hands can collaborate to create an aircraft. A Sonics needs volunteers, and whether it's bucking a rivet or hanging the engine or talking to visitors about how to get involved in the home building community, there is a role for almost everyone. Interested volunteers can go up to Sonics's, Sonics's website and volunteer there. Now, if you're thinking about building your own airplane, this is a great way to try it out. It's just like planning to redo the floor in your house or putting a deck in. The best way for someone to learn uh, is to work on somebody else's house <laughs> and figure out how to do everything before you have to do it on your own. Now, the well, couple times that I've been up in Oshkosh, I've seen this project uh, in person, and it's amazing how everybody comes together, whether it's experienced builders, volunteers, enthusiasts, even air cadets and Civil Air Patrol cadets get together and, and take their hand at, at learning how to build an aircraft. Now, this is a real flyable aircraft. It will be FAA certified, and there are me um, mechanics or engineers that are verifying that everything is done correctly as the build progresses throughout the week, and, and it will be a flown aircraft owned by, by somebody. Now, you can go over to uh, One Week Wonder Project, just Google that, and you'll see some of the paint schemes that scheme designers have come up with. And uh, if you're interested and you're going to be in Oshkosh, why not go up and, and sign up to, uh, you know, to bend some sheet metal? <laughs> I, lo I love that approach. I love that uh, the approach that it's uh, <clears throat> go over there and literally bend some sheet metal. Now there are there are some pictures um, that uh, um, Armando has uh, sort of included in in that. Sorry, I'm so sorry. My voice is just literally this. You want this drink? A bit Matt? strange. Yeah, I think here I probably we, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, you can't beat. Uh, there's there's something very special about Oshkosh, isn't there? It's uh, uh, that must be on your bucket list to go to. Absolutely, hundred percent is on my bucket list to go. I don't think I'll get there this year, but no. um, um, it is on the to-go to list for sure within the next sort of two or three years at least. Yeah. Um, but that that whole idea of—I um, mean, you, you must have had a Meccano set when you were growing up. Yeah, it was Meccano yeah. actually for me. It was yeah, Meccano exactly. that I had. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had Lego and Meccano. I was fussy as hell. Yeah, but, right. um, you know, uh, the why first thing I'd... Why doesn't that surprise me in any way? I know, <laughs> I know. I I would always build an aircraft with uh, with what I had, you know, and stuff like that. Always an aircraft. Every time it was an aircraft. Never a car. Aircraft every time. Yeah. And But to actually go to the next level and actually, you know, do this one week wonder project kind of thing. Yeah, really, I love this. I think this is know, a great idea. It's a fantastic yeah. idea. It's, it's a especially, brave, especially it's, for the youngsters. It's a brave person that takes the first takes it up for the first time though, isn't it? <laughs> well, that would be Armando. We well, all know this. Yeah, 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 cuz he's he, he you know, he bounces very well. I think that's what we've discovered. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I no, love this. this. This is a great story. Yeah, it's uh, 
so everybody who um, who builds it apparently uh, signs their name on it um, as a oh, sort of good. like a, a, a memento, if you like, of their of their being involved in said project. But uh, that, you know, it looks like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, and I can see Armando like being well involved in a project like this. Don't know why. It, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. It wouldn't surprise me if that obviously, you know, he, he's got this big double garage, whether he's in one corner of the garage, he's got this thing under a dust sheet, you know, right. a project <laughs> okay. of something, you know. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Indeed. Okay. Well, so next story. Yeah, absolutely. Next story. I'm um, just going to go and take my go and get myself a drink while you go do and, that. Go and put right. your teeth in. Okay. Grab Thank yourself you. a drink. Thank Excellent. You. Thank you. Uh, this next story uh, comes to us from uh, okay. the I'm not going uh, the <laughs> comes to us Apparently from. Apparently, we've got a video. I've got to play out. Bloomberg. So. <laughs> <laughs> com, and uh, this is a story that broke earlier on this week. Now we all saw the videos in social media. I've got so much to say about it. this. is not even funny. And uh, this is a passenger jet that caught fire after a landing gear collapse in uh, Miami this week. And uh, the aircraft, which was uh, carrying 126 uh, people, uh, caught fire after landing on Tuesday in Miami International Airport when the landing gear collapsed. Uh, three of the people were transported to hospital with minor injuries. Actually, I think that's four now. I think that went up to four this week. Uh, the fire followed the collapse of the front landing gear of the MD-82 Flying Red Air flight. So that's a Flying Red Air. Flying Red Air. Sounds like an interesting airliner name. Uh, this is flight 203 from arriving from San Santo Domingo, uh, Dominican Republic. Yeah. Red Air, yes. So the Matt's playing the video on the... Uh, I mean, that's... That's a that's a fairly um, worrying sight. Is if you are sitting there, if you're sitting there in a departure lounge waiting for this flight to come in, yeah, I think, uh, I think you'd be booked for another one, wouldn't you? I don't. I, th- to, I think you'd you'd yeah. probably go and stump for a you know a, a twenty four ninety nine Ryanair flight after yeah, seeing this. <laughs> indeed. Now, of course, the bit that's going that's annoying you is actually uh, more evident oh. in the other <clears> video. So I'll tell you what, we'll 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 stop playing that one because that one is it, it, it coming into land, and I'm going to play you uh, this okay. little video coming now. into you, something. Right? So yeah. just describe this one uh, for our lovely, uh, oh, lovely man. Listeners. Honestly, here we go. This uh, is Neil, just... Neil Lamward is one step ahead of you. Uh, so <laughs> <clears throat> you're you're a passenger on an aircraft. The aircraft has crash landed, but the, the aircraft's intact. The doors are open. You're you're able to get out but you notice out of the window that the uh, right hand side of the aircraft is on fire so do you get out your seat undo, undo your seatbelt get out your seat take the nearest available exit and get off the aircraft it's on fire or do you go in the overhead like a luggage compartment get your uh, case out your bags coat and then exit the aircraft I mean that this was phenomenal I have to say, out of all the videos we've covered on PTUK yeah. of people people exiting a burning, uh, crashed airliner, this has got to be in the top. Now, three. now I've got a better one for you, Carlos. All right, ready? This is another video that is this the internal John, one? John has John has found us. Is this, this is the internal one. Th- isn't this it? one, I think, oh. take, this one takes the biscuit. I think this so. Is, not only are they taking their luggage with them, but they also thought, well, I'll grab my phone and I'll record the chaos. This is phenomenal. Uh, this is, is, just, is look at all these cases. <sighs> yeah. So, for those of you listening on the audio show, oh, this this goodness. is a, a this is a gentleman uh, in his seat who is um, after the aircraft has uh, Good crashed. News and the he's aircraft's got, on he's fire. got his bottle of water. He's, he's got his he's got his camera. Out. He's got his yeah. bottle of water. He's got his case. He's filming himself coming off the aircraft just in case. You know, he's got to put it on the Instagram later on to show that he's off the aircraft. But oh, really, 
Oh, it just makes me Honestly. so cross. It makes me so cross. It's just like, oh dear me. And uh, j- just actually, just for sort of final, uh, final closure and stuff. So as I say, Red Air is um, obviously is the is the aircraft here, and this is basically after they put the fire out. I mean, the the damage is quite extensive there, isn't it? I did question the other day um, what quite what was that that frame like bit over the wing. Um, oh yeah, did wonder what that was because um, it. I don't know what was that it is. The wing, or was if it? I, no, no, no. If anyone in the, in the uh, YouTube world could uh, tell me what that frame-like piece is, because I don't think that should be there. No. And that is that is burnt, so it was obviously there during the fire. Uh, well, yeah. Whether it's something it, it hit on the actual um, airfield, oh, the airfield, yeah, possibly. The, uh, yeah. the other thing is uh, as well, just a quick uh, bit of info as well. The aircraft in this particular crash was originally delivered to American Airlines back in December 1990. So it's got a few miles on it, I should say, a few miles on this aircraft. Uh, It was stored uh, for three years from 2014 through till 2017. So it was in storage uh, for three years before it was then uh, taken out of storage in 2017 and then obviously started flying for Red Air. But... uh, I was trying yeah. to see. I was trying to see if we could. I, I think that's what the explosion is. I think is because it caught. I think it hit something on the wing side. Because if you if you watch that video again, um, sorry, let me let me um, try and run that again. Yeah, sorry. actually, a good point actually there from uh, Stewie Thomas. Still got the shiny livery from American Airlines. Yeah, they didn't have to do a lot with yeah. the um, livery on this when they took it out of. Uh, okay, look, can, can you Airlines. see like the flash? So it obviously hit something on the wing side. Can you see what I mean? Where yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps I'm uh, perhaps I'm oversimplifying this, but uh, there we go. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting one. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, really? So sorry, John's just saying in our, our our ears that one of the videos you could actually see people tripping over uh, the luggage on the ramp, which is. Uh, not a surprise at all, really, is it? Um, Actually, Dirk Dirk makes a very good point in the chat room. He said, can't we have a central register banning uh, these uh, particular people from future flights? <laughs> that, would be, that would be a good idea. That register would be uh, literally probably... Yeah. Yes. Yes, that, 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 I hit the wrong button. Sorry. Oh, did he? Sorry, right? Dirk. <laughs> I clicked, clicked the wrong bit on there. Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's a very good idea, actually. That I mean, if we did have some, some sort of register that um, you, you'd want what two, actually. You'd want one for um, people who are having fights on aircraft and yes. being drunk. Right. And then one for people who use or carry carry-ons when they have yeah, okay. uh, i mean of course the good news is, is if you did want to put something like this in force of course uh there's plenty of video evidence to back it up uh so you could easily identify the people involved and make sure that they are banned you can take photographs from their own videos <laughs> yeah it's just oh, it, it, yeah. honestly it's amazing. i mean as much as we all have you know cameras and and um passports and various things like that in our bags when we're traveling on holiday. I mean, I've, I always carry my, my, my DSLR cameras with me. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a few quid's worth of stuff there. But in the case of in the event of a fire, being on fire, yeah, I want to get out. I want to get, because I know that I've got insurance to cover that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. As, as we all have insurance on stuff like that to cover stuff, you know. If nothing in, else, mate, it's a jolly good excuse to go out and buy two new cameras. It is, yes. <laughs> Why would you not want to go and purchase, well, exactly. re- repurchase yeah. that? 
brand Indeed. new Samsonite, uh, Samsonite case that you had uh, on the aircraft. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Samsonite, hey? Oh, hello. And, and, yeah. those, <laughs> and those four well. cameras like what yeah. uh, Captain Nick has. You right. Know, you had, okay. had four of those. Yeah. I mean, you do have to prove it, by the way. I just want to put uh, that yeah. out there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, right. We'll move on to the next story then, if that's Oh, this right. was good, Matt. Yeah, this we're talking good. food now, aren't we? Yes. This is something that I get quite excited about. Uh, so uh, this isn't going to work fantastically on a uh, audio podcast, so I apologise. Uh, for that in advance but uh, long story short catering services and innovation showcased at the WTCE 2022 Expo event which is uh, very excited so last week we talked about um, <laughs> the Air in- <coughs> air Interiors Expert in Hamburg uh, but did you know that there's also a World Travel Catering and Onboard Services Expo where um, here there are some of the displays of the event we've got Top Foods they create meals free from preservatives or flavor enhancers uh with uh, a s- uh, shelf life of six months i mean wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't say that if it's well back if it's backpacked and sealed it'll all be fine uh, zero waste no chilled or frozen logistics required and packaging specific uh, specially designed for in-flight oven use. I like the sound of that. Uh, um, Isovation. What's Isovation? Interesting. Uh, This French manufacturer of thermoproof packaging highlighted a lightwear foldable packaging designed to transport ice cubes, ice cream, and meals on long-haul flights. I like the sound of that. Now, the bit that I was quite excited about was these two wine. So, (laughs) well, it's literally wine as we know it, but in like Red Bull cans. You know, there's oh, like right, the tall, yeah, long yeah. ones and stuff. Um, which, because at the moment, it's always been like miniatures and stuff on on board, hasn't it? It's, uh, but I quite like the sound of that. You know, sort of like the, there was both red and white. I mean, there was a Sauvignon Blanc. There was um, a, a lovely Italian uh, one in there as well. When I was looking at the story, um, and then with the, the other thing that was fascinating was the bee conspiracy. Uh, now, this uh, this French company showcased its 100% recyclable single dose self care products which include deodorant makeup a makeup remover and shoe polish all of which come in recyclable packaging um now that's all very well and good but i don't really care about any of that i'll be honest with you uh now for those of you who are watching on the youtube if you're not watching on the youtube uh, and you're listening to the audio version then take yourself to the show notes to to have a look at one of these websites now i think if my memory serves john um, prop me if if I'm wrong, I think Actually, while you're doing that, Matt, I think I'll just it's topfood.com um, is the, is where this has come from. And so we'll start with the Asian selection. Um, these absolutely, you know, this 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 routine that you're poo pooing here, um, Carlos, is that food <laughs> does look absolutely d- delicious, and it was uh, preserved using the method that you poo pooed just now. But uh, I mean, look <laughs> at all that; it looks absolutely delicious. I mean, I don't know if airline food ever actually does look like that. Uh, unless you're in business or, or first class, I suppose. But uh, I'm just loving that. These, these are these are all the Asian. It does fusion. look nice. It does absolutely green curries and and chicken curries and oh, it's lots of chilies and stuff. 
chilies and stuff on there, chicken satay. Um, what Stewie Thomas wouldn't say no. No, he wouldn't. No, absolutely. Uh, no. We've got uh, we've got a, a chicken chasseur there as well, and we've got a chicken Asian yellow curry and a good old fashioned Thai green curry. Oh, just loving it! Can't get enough of it. And then you know, for boring people like Carlos, uh, then what you can have sausage and it, chips. Uh, no, no chili con carne, or is that uh, a bit too spicy for you? It's probably a bit mm. spicy for you, isn't it? Yeah. There we go, uh, Neil. Neil yeah. Lamborn there in yeah. the chat room. Yeah, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. John's got a great idea. Come on, let's save up some money. Can I go to the expo next year, please? I'll go and sample oh, well, all of the we'll, food. Yeah. We'll push the boat out next year. We'll send Matt yeah. to yeah. the to the expo. Right. Next I'm happy year. to go on my own. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we'll uh, get John to look into it. Yeah, lasagna, I was, lasagna. I was going to say Neil. Neil Lamborn says in the chat room that yes. apparently he was on a Wizz Air flight um, yes. last week and he had a tapas box. And he, and he said it was truly awful. Oh, dear. Mm. That's disappointing, isn't it? Anyway. And he says, later on, he says, <laughs> Neil Lamworth says, tuck into your succulent six-month-old chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Oh, uh, and also, by the way, if you, if you, if you want a snack... Um, now I don't oh, what, really know what is that what something is. of rice? Uh, well, no, not quite. Ooh. It's a bread roll and something, but I'm not quite sure what that is. Um, I've... That looks like that looks like banana with toffee on. Oh, might be. Ooh, but why would you be. have a bread roll with it? Mop up the juice. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's sausages. Yes, I think John's. Oh, right. that's John's me. Just saying our ears. Bit of me there. Gravy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you could put toffee on your sausages if you like. That that'd be an unusual a- step. Actually, uh, <laughs> b- before before we uh, before we move on, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, we'll say well, hello to I, Kate. I'm definitely going to the expo. Right. We we, we before we you move heard on. It here first, Matt's people. going. Yeah. Matt's going to the expo next year. Carlos said that. Uh oh, look out! The boss is in. Katie is in the chat room. So hello to you. Yeah. She loves she loves a Frank Furter. Oh, does she? Anyway. I, can, can I just say, and I think I have Where are you said going with that. I think I have said that. I think I have said this before on previous show. Mm. But wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to have an airline in the UK or in Europe, right? Yes. That had bangers and mash, you know, pie, steak, steak and ale pie with mash. As an option. Right. Now, look, see, now I, I, I take issue with this, and I'm probably going to be on my own on this one. You don't say you don't like sausage no, 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 no. I absolutely love it. And Katie, come on, you need to back me up on this one. Uh, she's a proper Norfolk girl. She'll she'll know exactly what I'm going on about here. When I go out for dinner, a, a Werther's sandwich. What's a Werther's sandwich? Oh, I see. As in Werther's original in a sandwich. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Banana, so- yeah, banana toffee in a roll. Uh, now, as I say, come on, Katie, I need you to back me up on this one. If I'm going out to dinner or if I'm on an aircraft, I don't want to be eating something that I can probably make better at home. Mm, so I can make they, depends where they can source told, their stuff. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but I can make yeah. you know t- I can make um, you know bangers and mash. I can make toad in the hole. I can make to be to be fair. I make you know mum makes an incredible lasagna um, uh, and stuff like that. Do I want to be having that when I'm on an aircraft? Um, you know, where let's be honest, even with the most experienced people, it's not going to be as good uh, or as flavoursome as something you've had at home. So you know. Make it different. If, if you are the CEO of a large European or British airline watching, and you're finding yourself watching yeah. this show, please yeah. um, 
please. Okay. Do All right. Yeah. Come on then. Let's do a little quick straw poll in, in those who are listening uh, on YouTube right now. So brace yourself. Sorry. Sorry, uh, uh, audio listeners. This this was just for the YouTube crew here, mainly because it's live and we can get a result. You can send, you can send in your audio feedback yeah, if send you don't your audio agree, feedback of course. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. But for the purposes of this, well, I want a quick straw poll. Do you want... Um, in the air, do you want just like standard food, or do you, or do you want like proper like cordon bleu, fancy, you know, artisan food in the air? You know, which would you prefer? Come on, place bets now. I need to play oh, some music. Oh, Stewie or Thomas, yeah. Stewie Thomas, Stewie Thomas. Right. Okay, I'm going to play. That is that is one of my funniest sketches on Hail and Pace. Now, come on, Yorkshire. Look we, up Yorkshire Airlines. We need you to. Uh, we need you. Need you to place the. Um, Need you to place your bets now. Come on, get get all your answers in as quickly as you can. And it crashed. Comfort food or fine dining in the air. Come on, people. What? Uh, oh, someone called Neville Bounds in the chat. Never heard of him. No. Is there anything other than caviar? <laughs> Neville Bounds, probably not. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Hmm. Yeah, cheap basic stuff for me. Fair enough, Richard. Yeah, okay. But is that just because that's your personal? Billy Basic, yeah. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate that. Uh, Alan White <laughs> says he just needs soakage food after all his airport pints he's had. Good point well made. Good point well made. You know, that, that trip to the Weatherspoons is um, is mandatory, I think, now. Uh, mystery Meal, says Squawking7700. Mystery Meal. Mystery, mystery Meal. meal. Mind you, many could argue that, I mean, what you see on the menu is not necessarily what, what it looks like when you open the packet, to be fair. So you could argue every meal is a mystery. But <laughs> Oh, and we've got uh, Armando in the chat room as well. Never heard of him. Yeah, who's he? Oh, hello. Sorry, I broke it. I'll put it back. Uh, You'll put it back, yeah. <laughs> Fancy, no doubt. Yeah, see, I'm a bit with Armando. Armando with hair? Have you have you seen his picture? <laughs> no. Oh no! <laughs> wow, that, that was a treat. Um, I just want yeah. quality food, says Uncle Micah. He says I just want quality food, food and fair portions. I don't care how fancy it is, as long as it's good quality. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm with that. You know, so if you can do bangers and mash in the air well, then so be it. Uh, there it is. Look. Uh, oh, what's that? Kimchi and curry. What's kimchi? Somebody explain. No idea. No, I don't know what kimchi. Oh wow! Oh, I like the sound of that Korean. Korean what? Sorry, sorry. I'm I'm being a pick. Oh, Korean pickled garlic. Oh my love word. the sound of that. Yeah. Anyway, we better, like off, that. we better get off. We better get off the subject no, no, no. before no, I, we start I'm, getting. I'm here for the, I'm, I'm here for the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have some great. Oh dear, oh, I missed that. Sorry, uh, Miles High. Your your comment was brilliant. I'm sure. But uh, pickled bok choy. Oh, I beg your okay. pardon. That sounds, have, that sounds like something you should get here. cream for. I don't know what you're on about. That's uh, like we, we have pak choy here, which is I really like pak choy. Okay, you're gonna have to tell me what that is as well. It's like a um a, a like leafish sort of vegetable, a bit like um. Oh, Korean pickled cabbage. Nice. I'm being told uh, in in my ears. This is this. Uh, I say this is the joy. It's nice. Do you know? I've missed not having John in our ears. It's been it's been a, it's been nice to have all this information. It's nice to have him back. It is absolutely yes. We'll probably lose him now for another six weeks after this. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he's he'll. done his he's done, he's done his one quarterly appearance. <laughs> but uh, he will he, he, go. Okay, he'll, he'll oh, be running. He'll, he'll be like running life. his own. 
running his own airline soon, yeah, Pie Mash Air. True, right, fair enough. Yes, he's telling he's t- telling us to move on now, Carlos. He's back. So, yeah. that's, that's this week's uh, show title right there, yeah. Pie Mash Air. Uh, okay. Right, so somebody write story, that down quick. <laughs> the next story comes to us from Armando this week, and uh, this is we're going into serious mode now uh, because uh, we're going to somewhere close to where me and Matt are here and uh, to where I learned to fly with this next story. So uh, over to you, Armando. Hey guys, this story hits a little bit close to home to you guys, especially over there in uh, East Anglia. A couple student pilots were left, quote, shaken after the helicopter that they were training in had a high-risk near collision, according to an investigation. Now, this near miss happened on 23 October 2021 when a Robinson R-22 helicopter and a Vans RV-6 plane tried to land at Beckles Airfield in Suffolk at the same time. The UK Air Prox Board reported... Uh, considered the risk of collision as alpha, the highest category. Now, the report said that the pilot in the helicopter was, quote, busy focusing on the lesson when the radio operator first reported the other traffic. The pilot said that they that they then assumed that the RV-6, which was flying below them, was, quote, further away than it actually was. Now, according to the report, the RV-6 pilot said that he had been made aware of the helicopter on final approach but that they assumed that the helicopter had landed as there was no visual contact despite excellent visibility in the area. The pilot said that he saw when he saw the helicopter at 100 feet out from the runway, it was dead ahead and slightly higher than his aircraft. The only option was to increase the descent, pass under the helicopter, and land on the threshold, according to that pilot. Now, this is an interesting one. For uh, I've had a lot of friends over the years ask me, how it is that an airport and how aircraft cannot hit each other when there's not an operating air traffic control tower. Um, now, in the UK, you guys have a little bit something different where you, you actually have a radio operator on the ground, maybe not an air traffic controller, but they're kind of monitoring the activity in and out of the air, airport, and um, they can offer advisories as to what other aircraft are operating in there, especially since over there, you know, prior permission is, is generally required to land at a foreign airfield if you're not already based there. Now, the way we do that is by communicating on a single frequency. Sometimes that, sometimes that single frequency can just be for one airport or sometimes it can be for multiple airports in an area. Um, here in the United States, it's uh, a common traffic advisory frequency is one way to refer to it, um, Unicom frequencies, but uh, that has a, a different sort of meaning definition. But our common traffic advisory frequency is uh, the frequency on which all the pilots are announcing their intentions. Now, this is outlined in the Aeronautical Information Manual in the Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge, at least here in the U.S., and there are essentially standard calls and a few standard pattern entries or circuit entries, as you guys um, call them over there. And everybody's supposed to be following that. There are right-of-way rules here uh, and over there where aircraft in the pattern generally have priority over anybody coming in. Um, Now, there is a lot of uh, heated debate over how you squeeze in other aircraft, maybe business aircraft in there that may be doing a straight-in instrument approach. They are still responsible for deconflicting themselves into an uncontrolled airfield. Um, Now, in this case, you had two aircraft, one helicopter that was high, practicing 
a fairly steep descent in an RV-6, um, which is a fixed-wing aircraft, in the standard circuit in, into Beckles, going into the westerly runway or the western-facing runway. Um, these aircraft, uh, the RV-6 is a bubble canopy, so they have excellent visibility forward and above, and uh, the helicopter does not have any visibility uh, down and below. And in this case, everybody was aware that there was other traffic in the area, and there was just some assumptions made on all three parties involved, from the helicopter, the RV, and the air ground operator, that they everybody was deconflicted when it actually wasn't the case. Now, as you can imagine, this would shake up anybody when you are turning final and you see another aircraft, whether whatever it may be, filling your windshield, and you have to think fairly quick. Your options are obviously limited when you're down close to the ground. Now, unfortunately, this happens much more than we think. Here in the United States, there are hundreds of near misses at uncontrolled airfields. It is constantly a high-interest uh, topic for the FAA and for general aviation, um, but it is just incumbent upon all of the pilots to, you know, not make any assumptions and and when in doubt where anybody is, is either get up on the radio and, and ask what anybody's intentions or depart the circuit and 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 kind of reattack it. But from you guys, I am very interested to hear your take on it since you have, especially Carlos has been to Beckles um, quite a bit and and you know exactly what what these pilots were were seeing and facing. Yeah, now that now this one's really interesting, Carlos, because I mean, obviously, as as Armando says there, you've done um, your fair share of flying out of Beckles, and you've had uh, you had quite a few lessons with Stuart, obviously, um, <laughs> over there. I mean, what's your take on on this story? As, as Armando says, you know this airfield probably better than any of us. Yeah, Beckles is. Um it's, it's one of those airfields that, that it does have a control room with um, normally two people on uh, when the airfield is open at the weekend, especially at the weekends, there's two people in the control room. It has a radio, uh, 120.380 uh, frequency for Beckles. And when you are calling in, say you're calling out, calling for uh, a landing or approach or something, um, it's always the it's always land at your discretion. You'll never... You're never cleared to land. It is a land at your discretion. So you're always using your eyes. You're always looking, scanning ahead to see if there's any other aircraft that have meandered onto the to the taxi or runway whilst you're on on approach. So it's it's very much you know the pilot's discretion. It's all you. One of the first things you're taught at Beckles is you know eyes everywhere because not only have you got the helicopters, the school Virage that are based on the site doing helicopter training, you've got the fixed wing training school on site as well. And you've also got, obviously, the Cessna caravan, uh, the 208 caravan doing uh, parachute jumps from the airfield as well. So you've got to have literally eyes in the back of your head when, you, when you're in and around Beckles. So, um, and the circuit height is 1,000 feet as well for Beckles. So when you're doing your circuit training um, around Beckles at 1,000 feet is what um, the height is. But it's, it's, it's clear and open there. The actual airfield itself is there's no forests or high buildings or anything that, that ran it. It's a very, very clear and open area. So when you're on on final, say, for 2-7, um, at Beckles, it's um, you know you've got you've got tons of, of sight. You can see everything that's going on. So this was 
I don't know, a case of just, I think, not, you know, not having a massive, really good scan um, from by by both pilots, I, I, I presume, uh, with this. But it is, the, the thing of it is, in the last couple of years, Beckles has become an incredibly busy um, airfield for operations and stuff. The helicopter flight school has, has become a way bigger than it used to be. And also, they've obviously they've obviously spent a lot of money on on revamping the airfield with a new restaurant and bar and all the wonderful stuff that's there. It's a fantastic airfield to visit. If anyone's listening and you've you've not visited Beckles lately in the last few years, you need to go there because it is a fantastic airfield now uh, with some great people who run it. But it is a very busy airfield, and a lot of people, not just from the area but f- from outside of the area. Um, as far afield, you know, as as across in Wales and and stuff, they all fly down to uh, to Beckles for for visits. So, but do do you think that's part of the problem here, perhaps, where um, traffic going into and out of Beckles is now at a point where it, I don't know, it almost needs to be a little bit more controlled, perhaps. Yeah, it's 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 controlled. Right? The, the guys, the well, all I think it's there's four, possibly five people who are fully qualified radio operators who work at Beckles. <clears throat> right. They all do a fantastic job. I mean, I've stood in the control room many a time and I've been up there on a weekend and, and watched the guys and that doing, doing what they do. It's very structured. You know, the control room has got, you've got your radios, you've obviously got your weather station telling you which way the wind and the speed, wind speeds and stuff. And they also have like, um, if you imagine, you know, the old school kind of uh, whiteboards where right. they have the slots and they put the aircraft registration, aircraft type, what what it's doing on the board and they have them all kind of in front of them so they know who's coming in who's going out right you know all the stuff it's very well controlled in, in that respect but as like i said it does it does um it's heavily on the pilot to to be very you know aware aware of what's going, of what's on. going yeah. on because like i said when you are when you are coming into an approach you are you are your, the, the thing is land at your discretion that's what's said you land at your discretion it's not you're not you're never cleared to land it's land at your discretion so um armando is in the chat room here he's got a direct question for you uh unicom is the closest thing but that's mostly just to request services what's the legal responsibility of that operator in the tower carlos well they the operator in the in the, in the tower it's more of a control room a control room yeah yeah. that overlooks their their responsibility really is i mean they do look out um and they will advise if aircraft are in the vicinity or if there is someone who is either taxiing out or on approach or just taken off and they'll they'll also obviously give you the the landing instructions They'll, they'll tell you you know if you if you call in before you you know, before you go onto your base leg and final and stuff, you call in and let them know what your intentions are, and they'll tell you the wind speeds and all the other stuff. That that's their job is to give you all the information that you need to be able to land safely at, at Beckles, which is yeah. what they do, and they do very well. But again, balls down to eyeball. The Mark One eyeball is what I was always told. The Mark One eyeball yeah. that is the most important thing that, that that you have at Beckles. Indeed. Well, but I mean- as but it's it's a lovely like I said it is a really really nice airport to uh, to fly into it's well it is well run they do have all the services and stuff mm-hmm. there as well um, on hand if anything does go awry and it's I think like I said this is just a case of 
you know, someone losing sight of uh, of what's going on. Obviously, it is hard to see um, um, uh, the R22. The R22 is not a massive helicopter. <laughs> it is not a big helicopter by any means. Yeah. Uh, so n- n- uh, some some guy called Neville Bounds says we haven't got an ILS but we've got a bar. I think that's very important. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Uh, what are you looking so confused about? <laughs> I don't know. John's saying things in the air, and I'm like, oh, oh what's the other right? What's okay, the sorry. Yeah, I, I lost that. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I suppose it's um, lessons. Lessons need to be learned from this, I suppose, and hopefully, uh, it, uh, it'd be it'd be a terrible shame to see there be uh, a change at the airport because it would be sh- a shame to see the airport you know change if you see what i mean it's uh, changed lose a lot. Its char- no i know but to lose but, its um, yeah. its sort of intimate character almost but quite know. rightly what uh, what john i think put in the, in the notes is is a very good point actually when in doubt ask and that's another yeah, thing absolutely. that you're told when you're training as well if you're ever in doubt just ask well, I, pa- perhaps it's got something to do with the, you know, I mean, these were student pilots, obviously, that were involved in, in this thing. I mean, you know, inexperience is definitely going to be playing a part in this, no doubt, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it can be, uh, they can sort it all out. I think that's the best way to do. We better move on because, look, we're running rapidly out of time. And we oh, blimey, yeah. We are. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... Uh... This uh, next one that comes to us from uh, many uh, avenues of aviation news. AI Online is one of them. And uh, this is China updates five-year general aviation plan. And uh, China is a big country. Uh, recently updated its latest five-year plan for general aviation, which covers the period up to December 2025. The plan sets a goal for 3,500 registered general aviation aircraft and 500 GA airports in China by the end of 2025. Uh, that compares with the end of the year 2020, when the air, uh, country had 2,892 GA aircraft and only 339 GA airports. Uh, the plan also supports the introduction of small uncrewed aerial systems. Uh, 517,000 <laughs> drones were registered in the country at the end of 2020. Um, so, obviously, GA, I, you know, I never thought that GA was such a big thing in China. Never really thought about GA in China. This has opened my eyes with this kind of thing. But John yeah, three, saying, as John yeah. said, yeah, three and a half thousand. Well, it is for a country that's that big. Mm. Um, but uh, from what uh, the information John has found for us on here to tell us what uh, is actually going on in the world of GA in China, uh, there are th- a bit over 30 flight schools in China, but this is just ATPL type schools. Um, so obviously with the US, there are close to 200,000 aircraft, which are GA. So yeah, it's quite, it's quite a, a big difference between like the US and China. I would have said, or I would have thought that China would have been quite a lot more, well, not more, but would have been a lot more than three and a half thousand registered yeah. uh, GA. But the, other, the only thing I can think of though, is, is that I, I would imagine that Chinese airspace is quite a congested place to, uh, to fly or learn to fly in, to be fair. Um, but yeah, but you it, could it, you could say that about Heathrow and places like that, though. Yeah, and like John just said, half of the China is uh, is you know military controlled, right? So uh, you and your little Cessna one hundred and fifty on a on a flying mission, you probably you know scoot <laughs> scoot too far over the uh, the black square, and uh, it's um, game over. Right. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Um, 
<laughs> it's uh, uh, just talk amongst yourselves very quickly, uh, just for a yes, moment. Have a, have a drink, have a drink, Matt. Have a drink. Yes, it would be. Oh, blimey. Hello. You're right there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, good, no, good. They didn't hear it, just you. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you didn't hear that. Yes, thank you. Thanks for that. Uh, so th- let's have a look, quick comparison here before we move on. So uh, in the US, close to 200,000 200, uh, aircraft uh, are GA uh, and close to 500,000 pilots uh, fly GA aircraft. Compare that with the UK, roughly 15,500 aircraft are GA and fi- uh, 32,000 uh, pilots fly GA aircraft. Rough figures uh, with around 143 aerodromes in and around the UK and about 1,000 other flying sites with helipads, ballooning launches, etc., and gliding as well, which is also a big thing in the UK. Actually, I thought the China would be a great place for gliding with their climate. Poor Matt, he's he's struggling tonight. Bless him. But we'll 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 uh, do you are you do you right, Matt, or do you want me yeah, to, no, uh, to ping the last one? Like, yeah, no, I'll quickly do that. Uh, you... We've got uh, we've got a, a kind of a, a, a sort of a an and finally story for the last yeah. one, which Matt's got for us. I found this one um, a little bit before we came online tonight. Actually, this really did quite amuse me. This is this is just li- literally. I'm just going to give this a quick skim, basically, because there's not a lot to this story. No, but, no, no. Uh, it's come from the East Anglian Daily Times, which is a newspaper here in the east of England. And finally, a driver had his car seized after trying to avoid paying at Stansted Airport, which I find quite amusing. Um, (laughs) A car was seized um, after the driver tried to avoid paying almost £500 in parking fees at Stansted Airport. The incident happened earlier on Friday when police at the airport caught a car that had got stuck after attempting to drive around a car park barrier. According to Essex Police, the driver of the car was disqualified from driving. The Volkswagen was seized by police and the driver now owes £496 in car parking fees. I mean... I just thought this was hilarious. I mean... See, I mean, now, I know. So, no, 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 so right, the thing that annoys me about this, don't, oh, oh, here we go. We're going to open a can of worms now, right? The thing that annoys me about this is I hate having to pay those fees. They're really expensive, and I noticed they've just started doing it at Heathrow as well because I picked um, at our um, 400 show. I picked some friends up from Heathrow Airport on the Friday, and I didn't realise that they'd started this new thing where you had to pay for the the fines and stuff. And I had to sort of basically grovel and say, "Oh, I'm really sorry, I missed the signs." And fortunately, because it only just been brought in, I got away with it. So I completely get that people don't want to pay these fines, but especially at Stansted Airport, you don't. You know, if you're doing a drop off and pick up, you can actually just get on the free bus over at the midstay car park and then that'll take you straight in for free you know at this this why i don't know why this person <laughs> thought he was going to get away with it i I've, I've 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 been in that car park where this happened funnily enough well no um, it's the, 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 the space it's the, it's the run in isn't it it's not this, the it's the it's the the pickup drop off outside the front of the terminal building isn't it no, this is a car park. This is an is actual it? car park. Yeah, I this 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 car park. If you this not there's there is room, and you'd have to be really really good at driving to to get past the barrier. But as you can probably see, what they've done is they've put loose gravel uh, when it, when it comes off onto the grass. So when you get in there, it's a it you it's, you you where you're stuck. Oh, I see. Simple as that. Right. So is this in the short stay car park then? No, this I think this one is the midterm one. I'm pretty sure this is the midterm car park. 
fairly, fairly confident that's the midterm. One. I'm fascinated to work out how he managed to, in the midday car park, rock up. I mean, how long was he there for to rock, rock up a bill of four hundred and fifty pounds? £190. The, the, the crazy thing is, if you do book a, a far and ahead, uh, I mean, most airports, Gatwick, Heathrow, Stansted, Luton, if you book ahead, you know, for a week's car but park, and the most I've seen is £100. Pounds. Quid. Yeah. Exactly, £100. Quid. Oh, I don't know. But, anyway, enough of that. Uh, we, we'll, let's take a quick look then, um, as I say, because we're running out of time. We are. So uh, we're going to move on quickly, to the next part of the show then. Yeah. And uh, it's the caption this just for fun part of the show. So every week on a Wednesday normally, although it was Thursday this week because I was a bit late, uh, we post a little picture on our Facebook page and we leave it for, you, for all you wonderful PTUK listeners to give us your wittiest and funniest caption. And Matt, if you'd like to pop up this week's uh, picture for this week for there we go for those of you watching so, on the world of youtube I, well I think, matt i think the, what's going on here so the, i don't i'm not i'm the worst person in the world to try and describe this but i think this is like a slide um so this is from like a, a safety card i think from an airline basically uh where you've got the um slide that's bit that's been inflated uh out of the 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 door the exit door of the aircraft and um well there's a gentleman who's levitating essentially above the uh the slide uh to make his way down and it's number five is is what's behind him with a red orangey arrow so uh yes now um we do have some uh people to to who've got some um ideas it sparked, shall it sparked we say. some interest yes week. indeed it's uh so uh if if you are ready, uh, let's, uh, let's... Right, I'll go with the first yeah, one. This, go is, on this is Dari says, arrest the alien. He's levitating over the slide. Alert Area 57. <laughs> Get the chemtrail planes up in the air. Oh, dear. David says, Disney's new airline, wet and, wet and wild. Oh, hello. <laughs> Stuart, <laughs> Have Stuart. you proofread these? <laughs> Stuart, oh, God, blimey. Stuart says, following a shortage of ground staff, passengers find their own way to depart the aircraft. Okay. Good one in today's current uh Klein. Indeed, indeed. Another one from Stuart. Even Tom Daly would be proud of the double tuck and finish on this particular entry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stuart says, a step too far. Leak plans uh, from a certain low-cost carrier frequently mentioned on the PTUK show, showing a certain boss was hoping to implement a €5 charge to all passengers making use of the emergency slides. <laughs> uh, sticking with Stuart, he's saying this wasn't what uh, he had in mind when he booked a flying experience. And Stephen Patterson says, showing appropriate point to f- <laughs> showing appropriate point to far in order to get maximum propagation down emergency slide. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, turning left for less said how to make your connecting flight at Heathrow currently. <laughs> uh, Jenny, uh, our lovely Jenny in Rome says, shock horror. Passengers make emergency evacuation at gunpoint. Oh, wow. One shaken passenger reported the purser put a gun to my back and told me I had to leave my suitcase behind or he Good. would shoot me. Excellent. So I threw my hands in the air and jumped. I think that I think that's what they should do. I think they should equip all 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 uh, cabin crew with you know a, a gun to firearms. Yeah, yeah firearms. Yeah. Absolutely. Ivor says, "Oh bugger! I've forgotten my carry-on case." <laughs> uh, James says, "Make sure to jump at least five feet from the doorway to achieve 
optimal speed. Quite right, quite Very right. Good. John says British Airways platinum card holder. Avoid angry BA picket line at Heathrow, as demonstrated by Mr. Bounds of Seat 1A. Uh, <laughs> Does look a bit like Mr. Bounds, actually. And uh, James says, hands in the air like you just don't care. It's like you going, know, out, going out DJing, isn't it? James has also said uh, this is the best adult playground I've ever been to. Uh, <laughs> uh, James also says, everybody throw your hands up high and hop on the slide if you're standing by five. Wee! I love it when my favourite band plays live. <laughs> Very good. Very good. John, don't be number five. Remember not to leave your bag behind when evacuating. Don't be number five. I like that one. Uh, Mark says, Red Arrow pushes man out of plane. <gasps> He's got a point there. And He's I, got a point there. And I've ended up with the one that I was hoping I wouldn't end up with, so I screwed this up. So I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to say it. Stuart says, uh, I've got a pink erection in my throat. I don't know what to do with that information. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, just a quick, quick ones from the chat room. Um, Dirk S love this one Dirk S says drawing of express procedure planned by aviation workers unions to expel airline CEOs who take silly decisions <laughs> I like that one I like that one uh, Mazus Karim is absolutely furious because there's somebody's forgotten their luggage uh, main man Micah says this is your first mistake you forgot your luggage I'm noting a theme here uh, squawking 7700 Ryanair to stop using air stairs or bridges I think that's a very efficient way of evacuating the aircraft very quickly I like Alan White's one here Alan White says YMCA bus right very good just go John uh, sorry John uh, um, what's his name uh, Carlos is not looking at the screen Carlos is not looking at the screen for the the caption so he's not not doing it in sync so go back to the one before oh arrow (laughs) indicates okay Arrow indicates where angry flight attendant will kick your ass if you <laughs> grab your hand left package during a fire. Amen to that. Uh, any more for any more? <laughs> Go on, Carlos. I think it's, it's been. Uh, I think uh, we were. Pay, pay per slide. Use five dollars. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Stewie Thomas says, "Is that the Airbus playground?" I think that's the future. Uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to say this this one definitely sparked some interest this week in the oh, uh, in the world dear. of Facebook. Yeah. So if you if you uh, fancy coining your hand at penning a, a humorous caption for a thing. Uh, don't forget to uh, check us out on Wednesdays on Facebook. Follow us if you don't already follow us, Plain Talking UK. More info on that at the end of the show. So it's time for some military news. So, Matt, hit the button. This next story comes to us from the Air Combat Command, or ACC.AF.mil. The U.S. Air Force has selected Lift Airborne Technologies to continue with prototype development of a new helmet for Air Force fixed-wing aircrew. The helmet prototype was chosen after the Air Combat Command initiated the search for a next-generation helmet to address issues with long-term neck and back injuries. To optimize aircraft technology, improve pilot longevity, and provide better fitment to diverse aircrews. Now, the current helmet was based on a 1980s design. Since then, gains in aircraft technology and the demographic of pilots have significantly changed. The legacy helmet was 
not originally designed to support advances in aircraft uh, helmet-mounted display systems, causing pilots and aircrew to fly with equipment that weren't optimized for them, especially our female aircrews. Now, the implementation of helmet-mounted devices has added weight and changed the center of gravity, leading to incredible discomfort for operators. Now, in addition, uh, a 2020 Air Force study identified the need to add uh, a size small helmet that better optimizes the fit for affected female aviators. Now, this program came about through the Air Force AFWORKS program, which is an incubator process that is uh, designed to advance technologies quickly, much quicker than generally, you know, historically in the U U.S. government. Um, through this process, over 100 designs were evaluated. Um, actually, one of my friends that I work with at my last company is in the helmet design business, and they actually submitted some very unique and innovative designs. Um, now, Lyft is a fairly large general aviation commercial helmet provider they're 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 probably one of the biggest in the industry which may be one of the reasons why the air force chose them is because of the ability to sustain operations for numerous years um, most of the testing was conducted by the air force research lab which was also a place that i used to work for um, a couple of years the air force research lab has a human performance wing i think they've changed names now but they evaluate these kinds of things and how uh, something like a uh, night vision goggle mount and the associated battery pack under sustained G's and maneuvers can significantly affect a person's physiological you know, reactions and fatigue during a flight, especially if you're pulling high G's, defensive maneuvers, things like that, not to mention, you know, an air and fighter aircraft. But this applies to all of us in the U.S. Air Force and whether it's a loadmaster on a C-130, a flight engineer on an, on an AC-130 gunship, uh, helicopter air crews will benefit from this in the future, although this program is limited to fixed-wing aircraft. And, of course, our fighter pilots, which you saw in some of those pictures that have just, you know, more and more stuff added to their helmets. And there's, there's ways to improve this 1980s technology by removing this stuff from the helmet and then placing it somewhere else on the body. Now, personally, a lot of people ask me what it was like to fly the Osprey, and this was one of the most uncomfortable parts about it, and uh, and the parts that I liked the least was was the helmet and all the kit that you're wearing. Um, and you can see in some of these last pictures that the Air Force's legacy HDU 56P helmet with the associated maxillofacial uh, protection mask with night vision goggles, all that stuff on your head starts, you know, not only looking like a stormtrooper, but it's incredibly uncomfortable, especially when you're wearing it for four or five hours at a time. It's hot. It gets sweaty in there. It's made out of foam and plastic. And um, it's, and you know, your your neck and your back all just com completely hurt. Not to mention, it's, it's really hard to hear through these helmets. We had a basically earbud system that would go into our ears and then plug into the back of the helmet and that's how we would get the audio but this is just about time i can't believe it's taken this long but it is about time that this project moves on to its next phase um supplying a you know a new next generation helmet that is going to be much much lighter much much more comfortable for 
for our airmen and our and our uh, sister services. So I was really quite surprised, actually, with this one that they've that they've had this hel- the current helmet that they've been using, um, you know, since the nineteen eighties. I find I find I find that almost astounding when you think how much the technology has moved on there. And like Armando saying about you know earbuds and all, all that kind of thing, um, you know, hot, stuffy, heavy. That seems to be the key there. I, I I'm I'm just so surprised that it's you know taken forty years for them to sort of essentially, you know come up with another design and, and at this stage it's still only a, a prototype which just seems bonkers i can remember a, a few a few years back being at a museum and um and seeing one of the sort of i'd say late 80s kind of style flight helmets that the, the pilots had which obviously had the built-in the radio you know communication stuff in for for hearing and stuff mm. and it was a really it, to pick it up it was really heavy like yeah. really heavy I, I believe it yeah. and this and this this helmet didn't have any you know, didn't have all the, the stuff that these new helmets have in, you know, all the inbuilt, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've like just the, got loads of the head up display, head up stuff, display yeah, stuff yeah. and all that and all built in stuff like that. And then these, these new helmets probably weigh four times, well, even yeah. more, less, less yeah, yeah, yeah. than, than these other ones. You can imagine what it was like it brought back in the eighties and stuff when they're flying. The perfect person to ask about this would be Captain Nick really, I suppose when, when he was flying yeah. uh, with the air force here and stuff. But yeah, it's the, the the way these helmets and stuff have come on over the last yeah. few years is so good, so good. The technology is amazing. Indeed, really um, amazing. Neil Lamont said, "Could we move to a full virtual AR canopy in place of a bulky helmet?" Yeah, that's not such a a bad shout. Yeah. On, the, on the WhatsApp, actually, um, Mark is saying about time the aircraft have been, you know, the about time the aircraft have advanced significantly, um, and mm, yet the pilots have almost a, been forgotten yeah. about. Really, sort of like moving Very technology uh, on from there. Uh, Mr. Warner, the man that. Uh, uh, the man, the legend that is. He says, and I complain wearing a hard hat for work. Yes, yeah, fair point. <laughs> um, our main man, Micah, actually yeah. makes a very good point. It's all changed a little bit from the days of a leather hat with earmuffs and a set of goggles. <laughs> Although that was probably very a bit lighter, true. to be fair. Probably a bit very lighter. true. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Um, there we go. All right, well, technology, take... eh? Yeah, indeed, isn't it? Isn't it a wonderful thing? Right. Uh, the next story, Carlos. That's with you. Yes, this one uh, comes to us from Reuters. dot com. The uh, United States may let Tajikistan hold on to Afghan military aircraft donated by the U.S. that sought shelter in the Central Asian country following the U.S. withdrawal from Kabul last August. Uh, U.S. military commander has said. Uh, U.S.-trained Afghan pilots flew dozens of military aircraft and helicopters to Tajikistan and Uzbekistan as they fled the Islamist Taliban who took over the country as foreign forces withdrew. The uh, Taliban have demanded that the two countries return the aircraft. Very well. Uh, The U.S. Central Command uh, Commander General Michael Kurilla visited Tajikistan over the weekend, and uh, he said that they're very grateful for the armed forces of the Republic of Tajikistan for continuing to secure the aircraft that the Afghan Air Force flew into the country last August, he said in his comments, uh, relayed by the U.S. Embassy. The United States is working with Tajik government to determine the best way to effectively use and maintain the aircraft, Kurella said. Uh, He said also that the aircraft would uh, definitely not be returned to Afghanistan because they do not belong to the Taliban. He said that our hope is to be able to hand over some of the or all of the aircraft to the Tajik government 
and I do not have a timeline on when this will occur, but are working hard to make this happen. I suppose it's one of them things that if you if you're donating aircraft to a military um, unit or another country, um, say you know we're donating stuff to to Dave to use with his uh, army, um, but then Dave sort of you know clears off and leaves the stuff sitting there. Technically, that should probably be returned to uh, to its, you know, the do- the original donator of the equipment. I would have said. Yeah, I I don't. Know. Otherwise, it could be used for naughty things. Well, that's what, but if they were worried about say. that, would they be loaning it to them in the first place? Yeah, but at the time, I think it was because that the uh, I think the US um, the guys were still there on site at the time and to kind of keep an eye on things as such, but. Mm. There was a lot of uh, really high high end uh, um, military hardware left there. Actually, yeah. there. I remember seeing the pictures on the uh, news feeds, the various news feeds, while that um, was happening. I think some of the stuff they they um, had coined the phrase "scuttled" to use an old World War Two phrase. Uh, the these particular things before they left as well to make them unusable by, right. um, by yeah. other people. So quite common, mm. I suppose. Really, yeah. yeah. So the next one comes to us from Armando again, and uh, he's uh, speaking all about uh, Russian pilots using uh, non-military navigation equipment. From defenseblog.com, despite the Kremlin's claims of military and technical superiority in Ukraine, the Russian Air Force continues to face a big problem with its navigation systems. Russian military pilots are still actively using unsecure non-military navigation equipment due to the low quality of Russia's own navigation systems. Ukraine has shared abundant evidence that Russians have added off-the-shelf GPS systems such as Garmin's to the cockpit of its combat aircraft. During the interrogation of the Russian pilot captured on June 18th, it turned out that he had with him a Garmin navigator and a smartphone with a Pronebow software in order to have a more accurate navigation than the onboard navigation aids of the Russian Air Forces. Now, such GPS receivers have been found in wrecked and downed aircraft, uh, Russian fighter bombers, attack aircraft, and even military helicopters. On top of that, the UK's defense minister also confirmed that Russia is taping basic GPS devices to its fighter jets. Wrecked Russian fighter jets are being found with rudimentary GPS receivers taped to the dashboards in Ukraine because of their uh, onboard navigation systems are so bad, according to UK's Defense Secretary Ben Wallace. He also noted that this was due to the poor quality of Russia's own navigation systems. British intelligence says that in the conflict to date, Russia's Air Force cannot and has not gained full air superiority and has operated in a risk-averse style, rarely going deep behind Ukrainian lines. Now, when I read this story, now this has also happened in Syria from that conflict now going on uh, several, several years. I cannot believe that that they are using, they're not even good GPSs. These are the oldest generation of Garmin navigators, both for land. I saw one picture um, which I believe we had up there of, of a Garmin E-Trex, which is basically a hiking GPS. Um, some of the old GPS 196s are incredibly outdated even for general aviation flying. And I can't, I can't believe that, that they're fighting their fight. Now, there is something to be said about simplicity, but also 
you know, it wouldn't be so hard to figure out from a technical standpoint which unit IDs are actually operating in this theater on which aircraft and potentially do some kind of denial of service to to the aircraft but you know hey that's that's up to the to the military leaders out there again i just when i read this story i just couldn't believe that even after the syrian conflict that these these uh, advanced russian jets are still using garmin navigators unbelievable I think un- unbelievable is absolutely the word there. Isn't I it? just, I mean, it's just. I, I mean, I'm almost lost for words. I just can't. I can't. I can't compute. <laughs> I we were just chatting there whilst that yeah. uh, VT was playing there. We we're just talking about the fact that when you're when you're using like a uh, a satellite navigation app on say your mobile phone, such yeah. as Waze or Google Maps, you know, whilst you're driving your car along at 60 miles per hour on a motorway, it's constantly giving you a refresh of where you are on that map, you mm-hmm. know, point by point by point by point. These jets are traveling at, you know, well over 500 miles per hour, 600 miles per hour. How that, especially on those screen sizes, can as well. those yeah. d- devices keep up with that positioning on, on the map? It's, it just battles the mind. <laughs> uh, Micah says that if my Garmin, if Garmin is good enough for my Subaru, then it's good enough for a MIG. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, it's just it's one of the thing. One of the uh, as Richard Adams is saying, amazing they're not being jammed anyway. Regular no tams for jamming exercises in Salisbury Plain area. <laughs> Like yeah, Miles. Yeah. I like Miles. Uh, Miles High's comment in yeah. there as well. It says the uh, Russian Army modern equipment supplied by Amazon returns. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I, I, I think. I think the thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jonathan Warner is saying for years the Russians have tried marketing the likes of the Su thirty four as state of the art. Clearly not. And actually, I think something that uh, wrong way go back is Richard Adams is saying as well. Uh, one of the things that we were commenting about while watching that video, which I'm sure you saw as well, um, um, you know, where where the where said device was being attached to the cockpit using a G clamp uh, to hold it oh, secure. That. I mean, that's just it's just award winning, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine imagine the voice on a on a on a Jeep on a Garmin GPS? Turn left at the next. Oh well, oh, you've gone. You've already gone past. You've gone past. You're already six hundred yeah, miles yeah. past that turn left yeah absolutely yeah uh, this is the thing isn't it uh, yeah make a legal u-turn <laughs> neil hamwarm is saying yes oh honestly it's just it's just comical comical it is indeed right so we've got moving on more. to the next one uh this one is from the airforcemag.com and uh, the air force's plans to divest its oldest f or its oldest 33 f 22 Raptor fighters met with a sharp rebuke from the House Armed Services Committee, which moved instead to mandate the Air Force uh, maintain the full Raptor fleet and upgrade the older planes to the newest configuration in its version of the 2023 National Defense Authorization Bill. Now, I love the F-22 personally myself. Uh, the U.S. Air Force sought to retire the early F-22s currently rated for training only use because they are expensive to maintain and are increasingly mismatched to the combat coded versions, reducing their value as training platforms. The roughly $1 billion cost to upgrade the jets was not affordable, Air Force officials said. But the HASC chairman, Mark, released on the 20th of June, would not only block plans to retire the aircraft, but would also direct the service to upgrade its F-22s to at least the Block 30-35 mission systems. 
um, which mission system sensors and weapon employment capabilities. The House Committee draft goes further than what the Seattle Armed Services Committee included in its version of the NDAA, calling in a bill for no F-22 retirements without a detailed written plan for training F-22 aircrew while avoiding any degradation in readiness or reduction in compact capability. In the background briefing, HASC staff member told reporters last week that ensuring every F-22 in the inventory is combat capable in the bipartisan consensus view of the committee and a second staff member called preserving the jets risk mitigation now i personally i i, I always think of the f-22 being just as you know as the same as same of the same age or era as the f-35 but i know the f-22 was um not produced in anywhere near as much scale as the F-35. And I mean, if they are, you know, if they can't be bothered to, um, to keep these up to date, I know one person in the, in the uh, YouTube chat room right now who would quite happily probably have an F-22 Raptor in his back garden, Jonathan <laughs> Warner. Main man Micah is saying it was Congress that said they could not sell the F-22 to foreign powers. Based on that, there was not a constant improvement program as as there was uh, for, um, sorry, I missed the last bit there before we moved on, for the F-35. Uh, now the early generation F-22 is out of date and they can't reuse them as they did the first generation F-35s. Mm. It's a shame. I, like I said, I, I do, I think, personally, my own feel, I like, I look, I like the look of the F-22 as opposed to the F-35. And that's just me. That's my thought. Yeah. Yes, yes, because that's, that's right, John. That is correct, John. John. Said, yeah, you missed that. John said because that's what air, that military aircraft are built for their appearance. Yeah, absolutely. well, it, it it is. It's one of those. No, it is. It's one of those kind of a three a three eighty triple seven things. Yeah, triple seven looks stunning. A three eighty looks ugly. F thirty five. Now looks, come on. F thirty five looks boring. F twenty two looks like it's doing something. <laughs> Really, that's a really bold statement. I mean, I, I don't know what. I... Um, can I? Can I just? Can I just? Can I just? Can I just put move your point over to the chat room right now, please, for our resident military okay. um, expert Go in on. the chat room, Mr. Right. Warner? Right. Says he loves the F twenty two much better looking than the F thirty five. Does he now? Right. Do I need to pick this microphone up and drop it? Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. It's what we call a mic drop. Is it uh, on the on the subject on the? Su- oh, what's what's the sexiest military plane on Monday? Oh, it's, it's the Osprey. Asking. Now, actually, can I the Osprey? Good lord! Right. Okay. Clearly, I tell you what, it's just as well your wife has got style because you've clearly got Mac. none whatsoever. Oh, Osprey Mac. Okay, all right. Obviously. See, now, now, Mr. Warner uh, has uh, presented with us via WhatsApp this evening a a, 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 a candidate for your uh, consideration, please. Uh, so take a look at the screen, please. Now, this is an F-22, uh, and I think that is, with the clouds and stuff all around it, I think that, that is, is blooming beautiful. I that is stunning. stunning, especially with the little. You can see the little, like the afterburn of the, you know, the burners and stuff in there. I think that's beautiful. That is, that is a, Mr. Oh, Warner. That so is nice. an incredible photograph. Is that? Is that? Did you take that, Mr. Warner? 
No, nah, he stole it. Did he? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, from right. me. Okay, yeah. he stole it from you. Did he? Yeah, he stole right. it from me. Okay. Anyway, we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> but so, to, yeah. to, gone him. Let's go. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, pop them up then. Um, Alan White is saying the SR seventy one. Yeah. Uh, good, I don't good, know good that call. one. Explain that one to me. What's, what's uh, so special about that? SR seventy one is there's one in uh, Duxford, the big black oh, okay. long one that's yeah. in Duxford, the American hangar. Mark, uh, Mark in WhatsApp is saying still the F fifteen. Uh, Armando reckoned. Um, did he say the F fifteen there? Yeah, the F sixteen. Sorry, modern or the A twenty six classic. I think Jonathan that's... Warner says the B one B Lancer is by far the best looking aircraft ever made. Right. Okay. Miles High is saying the Harrier, <laughs> pretty sexy. Harrier. Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, before that, there. Sorry, because he's doing it again, isn't he, John? He's not oh, looking no. at the I'm looking. I'm looking at the chat. Yeah, room, I know. I know. But there was one that, yeah, sexiest military plan. Uh, Neil Lamorne reckons it's the Cessna, Cessna Sky Van. That's what he reckons. Ooh, blimey! <laughs> Do you need these, Neil? He says Neil needs these. The Mig 15 is Dirk's suggestion. Um... I don't know. Oh, hello. F thirty five looks. <laughs> Sorry, I ain't going to be able to load that fast enough. Let me let me just see if I can do this on my on my. Phone. God, we're going to run over time. Here. Um, but unusual. look, there we go. Uh, <laughs> he said he, he said the F fifteen looks like a pig. Look, there you go. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, anyway, the F thirty five is just uh, not. Um... Uh, apparently, the Harrier Harrier is as sexy as a double decker bus. Armando is uh, suggesting. I mean, you know, if if Armando said so. <laughs> I still can't anyway. get over that picture with him having hair. It's a bit much. Ah, oh, the Vulcan bomber. Now, actually, I do have a bit of a soft spot for that. I mean, I know. I mean, it would kill you with just the noise because it's just so loud. And to uh, end this conversation, oh, Captain Ridiculous Witch says the Beluga put the Beluga into war and watch it perform the Beluga bomber. Now, can you imagine? And on that bombshell, exactly. I Social have, media I, I links, no, everyone. No Literally. Social no media, words. then follow yeah. us. Don't forget, if you don't already do it, follow us on Facebook. You can find us on there. Search for Plain Talking UK on Twitter and Instagram as well. Search for us, Plain Talking UK. That WhatsApp number, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six, is that number. If you want to send us a picture, if you want your picture on the green screen behind me or behind Matt, you can do send your pictures to there. Or you can send them to our email address, uh, which is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com, which we'd love to hear your feedback. Send us some feedback and we want to hear from you. And our website as well, all the w's.plaintalkinguk.com. On there, you'll find links to our Patreon page if you want to become a Patreon member of the show uh, and help uh, help to, well, help keep us running, help keep the uh, generators going at the back here. <laughs> and uh, PayPal links on there as well. And there's also a link to our shop where you can treat yourself to a P2K t-shirt and a P2K mug. Military mugs are coming soon. Shall I, give crossed, a, shall, I give a, shall I give them a... Shall yeah, I, we're gonna. Shall I, shall I give him a little tease? Shall I? Shall and a little I do, tease a little for picture? those of you watching shall the world I do that? Shall I do that? I don't know. Uh, of our military mug, Matt's going to flash I'm gonna it up pop on the it up screen. and make it go away straight away. There I we know go. And these are going to sell like hotcakes. Absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> uh, and uh, why not subscribe as well to our YouTube channel? You'll get notifications when we go live. Hit that subscribe. Hit that uh, bell icon, and uh, don't forget to look for us on YouTube and also on us. Uh, mm. 
website, there's a link for Amazon as well. If you can do your shopping, uh, you can click on that link. Don't cost you a penny, and it helps us as well. So now, we, now before we finish, we've got a couple of photographs here that Armando said we could share with with everyone of the C130. Now, where you're quite good at remembering this stuff, Carlos. Where was he when when these photos were taken? Um, I popped these. Oh, that was in the chat group chat. It was early, in the wasn't group it? chat. Yes. Okay. Was that? <laughs> uh, oh blimey! I put him on the spot now. Anyway, they're amazing. You put me right on the spot there. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where he was when when these were taken. Uh, these are the Super Tucanos and the C130s. Um, and, uh, and and there we go. Oh look, it's Armando and and little Maddie. Maddie, oh look at that. Yeah, busy flying with Daddy today. In fact, as we speak, which is really quite nice. So very, very, very cute. Um, but uh, also, um, I'm going to share with you a photograph here. So I, I, I'm sort of uh, trying to look after myself a little bit better. As you can hear right now, it's not going very well. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just been a bit of a, you, bit you of a touched, disaster. You yeah. touched the uh, bits that I touched last week with yeah, my indeed, hideous I cold so. I had. Is. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my friends is um, one of my friends is helping me sort of, <laughs> sort of try and get fit and healthy. And, and uh, John, uh, John. <laughs> John was sent a picture by my friend uh, with a caption on the bottom of it, and he's fiddled with it because he can't help himself. And essentially, it looks like I'm being dragged along the... uh, Indeed, it was just to sort of try to illustrate. It. So this this is my friend and me, and me being taken for a walk to the bus stop, essentially. Uh, and he just put the caption on the bottom there: "Walkies." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So so come on, guys! I need lots of I need lots of love and support from you as well. As I'm trying to get next week's caption. That is, that is next week's caption competition. That is yeah. absolutely yeah. Let's definitely do that. Uh, yeah, okay. As I say, but lots of love and support from you guys, please, because I'm trying to make myself. Uh, a little bit better so i'm here a little bit longer um that's the plan anyway so yeah because uh, we yeah. cannot afford to bloody lose <laughs> from the studio absolutely. honestly if we lose it from the studio who knows what would happen yeah quite absolutely so a meltdown yeah, but that so. is where we are going to bring episode 416 no to a close <laughs> honestly richard adams you are such a naughty boy <laughs> Don't forget to tune in next Friday where hopefully, yes. I mean, I'll just put it out there. Hopefully the whole team will be back healthy <laughs> and ready to bring you a great show again. So I'm going to say a big thanks to Matt for, well, sticking with us this week. Cause I know Matt's not been feeling all the best this week. So big thanks to you, Matt, for that big thanks to Armando as well for all his help with the military stories and the commercial stories this week as well. And not forgetting as well, big thanks to John, our producer, John for being the voice in our ear as always this week and uh, giving us little prods and stuff during (laughs) the show. So that's it for episode 416 guys and girls have a fantastic weekend, whatever you're up to enjoy the sun if it's sunny where you are. And uh, we will be back next Friday. So from me, Carlos, here in my home studio, from Matt in the PDUK Master Studios, take care, everyone. And last words from you, Matt. Bye-bye, everyone. (laughs) 